If you didn't know it until now, you are the Common Sense Nation. And this is Radio Free Almond. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. Good, 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 good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Allman. Yes, you are part of the Common Sense Station, and that chick sounded pretty good this morning. That one lady, yeah, the the Common Sense Nation lady. I thought so. Sounded very enthusiastic. <laughs> this time she sounded like she actually wanted to get out of the room she's being held hostage in. <laughs> I like that. I like that kind of passion. That passion to, the, the desire to escape is a big motivator, as far as I'm concerned. And it really brought out the best in her, I think. Yeah. Boy, every time I listen to the new theme, I get a new appreciation for something. And I have come to the conclusion that bassists are indeed over underrated. They're not appreciated enough, a bassist. They're kind of the guys who just kind of are in the background, but without a bassist, you have nothing. Wouldn't you agree, Ryan Jacobs? I do agree. I mean, without a bassist, you have zero going for you. And you don't realize it because until they're Bingo. gone. Bingo. I you was know? just going to say that. It's like you, you, yeah, you don't even really notice that they're there. The drummer, you notice. The guitarist, the vocalist, the bass. No. You don't it know takes, it until it's gone. It takes quite a bit of... Uh, I don't know, self-awareness and a quite a bit of uh, lack of a self-absorption to be a bassist. I mean, you kind of have to kind of like be committed to kind of being in the background. <laughs> Although I will have to tell you, though, music appreciators will appreciate, like, for instance, uh, Chris Squires with, with Yes, for instance. There's no better bassist, as far as I'm concerned, in the in the classic rock world than Chris Squires. I mean, I I don't think, at least. Matt might differ with me. He's a musician, <laughs> but he kind of knows. But, but there's nobody better than, than than him as far as I'm concerned. But I'm sure we'll get a bunch of comments from people who uh, oh, yeah. think differently. Oh, yeah. We are rocking and rolling today. And thanks in part, by the way, to Dawn Barry from Renoco Coffee, who was banging on the door of Gaslight Studios, which I mistook for something else, and I suddenly pulled out my piece. <laughs> you went like 
So Red I'm alert. like, okay, is it going to be <laughs> bullpup time or is it going to be coffee time? I didn't know what it was going to be. I'm hearing this. I'm like, what, what is that? That's it. We have a metal door, so you're hearing this. This, this, it's rapid. And Dawn has a formidable door knocking style. It was like a police knock. It was a yes. She could, she could do some early morning raids. That Dawn Barry, <laughs> if she really wanted to. Dawn Barry has a future with the FBI. I mean, I'll tell you what. It's it's the kind of door knock that keeps Paul Manafort awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, once that happens, you're like, you can't, any door knock just drives you crazy. But anyway, Dawn, thank you so much for bringing by. She's the, uh, she wakes up at the crack of dawn, basically, uh, even before the sunrise, obviously, gets out there and delivers some beautiful Renoco coffee to all of those who wait. We call her the coffee fairy. And I guess, Ryan, we'll get some pictures up on Facebook oh, yeah. uh, with her in, in, in there uh, and in the studio today as she brought us by some Renoco coffee. So and that was before I knew that she was bringing coffee in or was actually going to be able to make it today. I picked up this stuff called Stump Town. <laughs> I decided to bypass the gas station this time. I just went by. Thank you. Yeah, I just bought this ahead of time last night. Uh, this, that was after my Walmart trip, which I have to tell you about, my Ethernet cable Walmart trip, which was uh, just everything you'd expect it to be, was the almond Ethernet cable <laughs> Walmart trip at 1030 at night. When you let me go, I was I will, concerned. Yes, it, it, it was, uh, it's, yeah, it, it, that's what that is. If you've never seen a child sleeping in a shopping cart, <laughs> You need to go to Walmart at about 10.30 at night, and you will see them napping in the shopping cart as their parents shop for uh, fluffy flippers and uh, slippers. Anyway, Stumptown, I got this stuff called Nitro Cold Brew Coffee, and I like cold brew coffee. So I'll drink the Renoco on ice normally if I drink coffee. And so I really do like cold coffee. And there's sometimes something, but it's nitro. I, I don't know what that means, but they say that it was infused with nitro, I don't nitro something or other. I don't know what it means. It it's a matter. very, um, like, hipster can, by the way. Looks like a beer can. Yeah, it does. As far as I'm concerned, as long as it looks like a beer can, I'm drinking it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. All right, so we've got a lot going on today. Tony Minetti's going to be with us. He's running for the U.S. Senate. Cortland Sykes, who later on is going to be with us on Friday. We have the big debate coming up on on Friday. We'll give you more details about that and some interesting background about this debate, how it unfolded, and some things going on with my former radio station that I found puzzling. But nonetheless, I'm going to be the MC of the debate, and we're putting together our panelists right now to be able to be uh, the people who are going to be questioning the candidates Josh Hawley is not going to be there because he's got some prior engagement, but that's fine. We're going to have Cortland Sykes there, Austin Peterson, and Tony Minetti, who, by the way, is a stealth bomber pilot, and he's really well put together, this guy. He's been in the Air Force for uh, half a, se- a quarter of a century and a great guy, and his campaign is really picking up a great deal of fuel. Cortland Sykes has been around in terms of running for a while now. 
Austin Peterson, I used to hear a lot from him. I really don't hear a whole lot from him. So if you guys are Austin Peterson fans, always been very impressed with his with his campaign, his staff, and his vigor and the enthusiasm of those folks. I haven't really been on Twitter much. I haven't really had much time uh, for it. And eventually I'm going to go back on Facebook as well and kind of uh, greet all of you who've been commenting on Facebook. I really do appreciate all of you and your love on Facebook. I, I kind of have – we get so many comments on Facebook and so many thousands of views and things like that. It's kind of crazy. So – I sometimes have a hard time catching up on the the. I always send a, a love heart to people. That's my that's my little love heart because you because know, I'm a lover, not a fighter. You, you are. I mean, that's kind of one of those things. You're on the love train. Yeah, right. Exactly, I'm the love train. I'm not on the arm train. I'm on the love train. So we, I, so I'm, I haven't really had a chance to kind of get back in and adequately greet individuals who have been making so many great comments on there. And Amy Eichmann is one who I saw this morning who pointed out that she has referrals to my former station's shows. So apparently they're now buying access. I guess you, what can you do on Facebook? You can target other people's things. So, so you, so the station, the radio station has now gotten to the point where it's actually paying money to Facebook to target radio free almond listeners. And that's interesting because because believe me, the reason why they're at Radio Free Almond is precisely because they don't <laughs> want to be with you. So why you're targeting them is beyond me. But apparently that's what they're doing where you can buy targeting devices through them. I don't, they're not really devices, but they're a way to do it. And you can target people and they say, hey, come, come and listen to the other place. It's like, Really? We're here because we're not. That's I don't know what. But anyway, spend away. That's all I'm saying. So that's uh, an interesting development there, uh, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So lots going on this morning. While you were sleeping, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, over in North Korea as we speak, we could probably be by the end of this show, Ryan, seeing the release of three hostages over there. That's awesome. Which, you know, it's interesting. We really didn't know they were there, to tell you the truth. It didn't get a whole lot of attention. How that happens is beyond me. Yeah. But it was a, a couple of academic, three different academics, and they're over there. And it looks like Pompeo might be in the in the place where he could possibly be able to get these three out. If they're not out already, I mean, right? So, so right. And, and we'll kind of keep on with this, and, and we'll keep on with the developments as it relates to uh, to how things are going over there in North Korea. But Pompeo is a great guy, and and I just think it's amazing we're even there to begin with. You probably would never have seen a situation in the past where we had kind of any access to that country uh, diplomatically, really, and we didn't care to either. But now with Pompeo over there, there's a good chance by the time the show's over, and I think it's like Saturday there, uh, then then they'll probably wind up releasing these three hostages. I think Kim Jong Un has really no choice. I, I'm sure we're going to do something. Oh yeah, to to fuel that a little bit, but we'll we'll see. Also, we have the aftermath of the tearing up of the Iran deal. And I noticed it was very interesting yesterday to see the news media 
basically taking Iran's position on the nuclear deal. And this happens all the time because if it's a Trump position, it doesn't matter whether Trump is fighting the devil, the news media will automatically take the devil's side. It doesn't matter who it is. As long as there are people, as long as they're anti-Trump, the news media will reliably take the opposite position and take the position of whoever is battling President Trump because it could so it could be the most evil entity on earth and the news media pretty much in general I'm I, I hate to generalize but we all know what we see and I could tell you I could I'm about to play you proof of all that and in fact the media will also lie about the consequences of the tearing up of the nuclear deal and People who don't know any better would believe what the news media is telling them when it comes to what happened with the Iran deal. I'll give you an example here, and this is kind of of a mashup of the different reports as it relates to the Iran deal from a variety of networks. Take a listen, people, please. Trump expected to announce today he is withdrawing the U.S. from the controversial Iran nuclear deal, a move that could anger key allies and impact how much you pay for gas. All right. And you're thinking, yeah, because the media right now is looking for a way to kind of get at you if you didn't care or even if you did care about the tearing up the Iran deal. And how do you think they did that? Expected to announce today he is withdrawing the U.S. from the controversial Iran nuclear deal, a move that could anger key allies and impact how much you pay for gas. First of all, the impact on how much you pay for gas is a complete and total fabrication the iran deal and tearing up of the iran deal will have zero impact on what you pay for gas why is that because you don't get oil from iran the u.s doesn't get oil from iran do you realize that the main supplier of oil for instance to russia is iran one of the main suppliers of oil to you as a U.S. citizen is, who do you think it is? It's the U.S. And behind that, it's Latin America. And behind that, it's Canada. Do you realize that even if you did want to try to go to the Persian Gulf and make a case here, Iran isn't even part of the Persian Gulf quotient? So do you realize we get more oil from Canada than we do from the Persian Gulf? And, of course, I guess if you cut off uh, the Strait of Hormuz or something of that nature, you could have some kind of thing happening. But in the end, that still is not going to, in any way, shape, or form, affect the price of your gasoline. And so let's just pretend your goofball filling station down the street decides to raise (laughs) prices. They're just gouging you. It's a complete and total lie. And we do not get oil from Iran. So when you listen to the news media and the stories they tell 
about what is going on. They are lying to you about where we are getting gas. Expected to announce today he is withdrawing the U.S. from the controversial Iran nuclear deal, a move that could anger key allies and impact how much you pay for gas. That ditz has no (laughs) idea what she's reading. She doesn't care. No. And that was probably written, in all due respect, to 20-somethings. That was probably written by a 24-year-old left-wing idiot who just assumed Iran is a major oil producer to the U.S. You could stretch it and try to make it into something, and I'm sure that somewhere down the line, if a monkey flew out of my (laughs) rear end, you might have an impact on your gas prices from Iran. But until that happens, until a monkey does indeed pop out of my rear end and start flying around the studio, I would be okay with telling you, don't worry, be happy, everything's okay. Ignoring a parade of foreign leaders pleading to save the deal, Macron of France, Merkel of Germany, and a last-minute appeal from Britain's top diplomat, Boris Johnson. Way to go, Andrea Mitchell, for representing the side of the Europeans in this battle over the Iran nuclear deal. So Andrea Mitchell decides she's going, because if Angela Merkel, who's kind of, she has been for a lot of people on the left in the aftermath of the Hillary Clinton debacle and her defeat. Remember that Merkel was kind of the pretend Hillary for a while it's there. True. Yeah. So, so the people who didn't have Hillary Clinton for them decided they were going to fall in love with Angela Merkel. So remember after they had the summit and when they had the summit after, after President Trump was elected and everything else, that that Angela Merkel was kind of like the new European hero and was kind of the stand-in for people who were missing their old white lady fix. So they they wanted somebody who could like, well, she's kind of like Hillary because she does wear pantsuits. And so they were like, (laughs) Angela Merkel's the, the and they they were going on and on about how she was the new world leader, basically. (laughs) She was, was, but she was, they made her out to be, when when they were in Davos or whatever the heck it was, they were making such a big deal about her and how fantastic she was. And it was only because she just simply slightly resembled Hillary Clinton. Right. There was no other reason for that to the point where they declared her, more of a respected leader than even President Trump was. Of course, that turned out to be untrue. The Europeans say if President Trump slaps Iran with sanctions today, it will start a chain reaction. Foreign companies will back out of deals with Iran, a major oil producer. Oil prices will surge, and Iran could restart its nuclear program. There she is with the oil prices will surge again. (laughs) Once again, oil prices are not going to surge. They might surge for some of the Europeans, but that's too bad. That's kind of like what's going on here. We put America first. President Trump does. We don't worry about the price of gasoline in Paris. That's not what dictates our foreign policy. That's what makes President Trump special. Because in the past, we had a guy in the formulation of you-know-who, President Obama, who was the one who was always, you know, the, the, the guy who we could reliably... Oh, come on! 
yeah. d- reliably default to the Euro point of view as opposed to the other point of view. And, and it always would be about France or what, what does Germany think? I don't know. I, I, I asked Germany and this is what we're going to do. Obama! So that's how things worked out. That doesn't happen this way anymore. And so we don't really worry about the price of gasoline in France. And the oil prices were a surge thing. Is that these people are not even looking at the pie chart where all you ha- – you know, if, if I'm a reporter – Right. And, and Google I'm, it. Just say – Google the – just Google the question – where does the U.S. get its oil? Type, 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 And I guarantee you, Iran is not going to show up anywhere in any pie chart, any list, whatever. And in fact, you might even be surprised to know that, in fact, we all think that it's OPEC and Saudi Arabia. Canada provides us more oil than any of these guys over in the Persian Gulf area there. And Mexico is behind that. I mean, it's America is so oil rich. I mean, especially like off of the Gulf. Uh, I mean, it's so oil rich here, and and that's what's so nice about our presidents who actually support the right. obtaining of oil right here in America. Well, because in the past, what's happened, Ryan, is that we had situations where we had so many drilling permits yep. and all these other things held up by the Obama yep. administration that finally we had a lot of these permits ultimately released. And that's good news. We have more drilling in the U.S. than ever. But that's the second time in a matter of about 40 seconds that you heard two major networks impose and pass along the lie that because they have to get you somehow to be against this thing. Because they And the only reason they support the Iran nuke deal because you know they don't care about Iran. No, it's all about Obama. It's just about Obama. Yeah, yeah. It's just about the fact that it was something he did. Mm-hmm. And any time President Trump or anybody else attempts to unravel anything it's bad. that President Obama did, yeah. people go bats. Yeah. And, and that's what this is all about. So this, it's the second time you heard that. European allies have lobbied him hard, fearful that if the U.S. pulls out, it might give Iran uh, the incentive to leave this deal to and essentially rebuild its nuclear program. The Brits made a last-ditch effort recently. Which, by the way, when they say rebuild its nuclear program, they already are. I mean, in the event that you didn't pay attention to Bibi Netanyahu and Israel and what he laid out there, he provided you proof that they're already building their nuclear program and rebuilding it. And it was what everybody warned would happen if Iran, in fact, was given this deal. This wasn't, you know, this wasn't about, it might make them not uh, build nuclear. It's like, you got to be kidding me. No one (laughs) believed that for a second. Uh, If we deliver uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in a overnight in a, in an airplane, and then sign this deal, they won't do anything. It's like, what is? How does? What part of that did you possibly believe was going to be happening? There's, it wasn't one 
no, person who believed no. that was going to happen. So then, that so there's another example of the news media just going recently, nuts even sending someone onto Fox News to make the case in hopes that President Trump might hear them. European allies have desperately tried to change President Trump's mind, but they don't believe it worked. European leaders have lobbied the president in person to uphold the accord. British Foreign Secretary Boris. You think that these news organizations really were just European news organizations. Because for some reason, whatever Europe is doing is all important. Whatever Europe does is what should be dictating or what they say should be dictating our particular policies. And it just is crazy how you could watch story after story on CBS, NBC, ABC and be in a situation where it's it's eurocentric so to speak everything is dictated by the way europe feels about something so i think that's just amazing and you know, i just see it in one little clip here from johnson out. visited washington on monday even appearing to reach out to the president on fox and friends so they decided they were going to say with more credibility that because a person from europe appeared on Fox right. that that gave them even more credibility. They even went on Fox News to try to save the Iran nuke deal. And the fact of the matter is it didn't matter because the president doesn't care. I mean, obviously you have to be concerned about effects on your allies. I get all that. But this was a situation where this was a deal that was not helping the United States of America and in fact, might have been even endangering the United States of America. And it was something that President Trump absolutely had to do. It was a necessary thing. I think there has been some legitimate types of concerns, perhaps, in one way, shape, or form, about what this means that Iran will do. But again, look at what's happened when we played tough with these people. And for instance, when we played tough with North Korea and beyond. They will always acquiesce. They will always do what is in their best interests. And usually that doesn't mean they're going to become more rogue. They will be less rogue because they need whatever aid they're getting, whatever help they're getting, whatever this they're getting. They'll always default to the money. It's like China when we talk about trade and that kind of thing. By the way, whatever happened to the big trade war? that oh, we were told yeah, was going yeah. to be happening as a result of the steel tariffs. The tariffs Where right. did that all go? Well, of course, it didn't go anywhere because it was clear from the very beginning that China loves money. Communist China, as much as they might be communist, they still love their capitalist side. And that other alter ego of theirs in the formulation of the dollar bill is something that will always keep them in check. It doesn't matter. So they know that any trade war is actually really probably going to hurt them because they're already in trade wars themselves because they're in trade wars with other thriving Asian nations that they didn't have the competition right. that they did in the 80s. And so China is not the economic power that it once was. They have their own trade deficits with other Asian nations. And you just kind of got to factor all that in when you think about this kind of stuff. And really, if you don't, even if you don't factor it in, 
count on the guy you elected to be president of the United States exactly. to factor it in because he's been talking to people he knows. And if, if all he did was consult NBC News, <laughs> we'd all be speaking French for crying out loud. No offense to France. It's a beautiful country. But the fact of the matter is these, this whole – this string, this minute 15 run of news clips here – shows that the the American news media is usually primarily concerned with anything but the American people. It's mostly about what does Europe think? What does Angela Merkel think? Yeah, they want that global economy. They don't want I mean this is it's it's the global I mean they call them the globalists yeah, for a reason. Right. Well then why wouldn't we at this point, Ryan? This would be a perfect time for us because one of the things that was a hallmark of my show when it was on with the dinosaur operation was our national anthem. And I got to get back to doing that because I used to do it every morning. It was usually around 5.20, but I can't do it at 5.20 because I'm not on at 5.20. Mm -hmm. So why not go ahead and do it in the 6.20 area there? And now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our national anthem. Thank you. 
Good morning, good morning. Good morning. I like that. Yeah, man. By the way, this is healthier than the than the other one you were thinking about. It looks great. It's called a highball. I think they sell that at Whole Foods too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I've seen that. That's where I got my nitrogen infused coffee, whatever that means. I can never tell. I don't, know, I don't know why something has to be infused with nitrogen. Like, what, what possibly they could bring, be bringing <laughs> Is that you, a good thing? Yeah. That's one of the things that people always depend on. It's like, I know. We'll tell them it's infused with nitrogen. They'll love that. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I, I kind of did. There you go. And I have no reason why. Said, good oh, for grass. It's coffee infused with nitrogen. Actually, it's hard to find coffee, just black coffee. And I don't drink coffee with anything in it I, I, so I drink black coffee and so I love black cold coffee too and so you go to these places and you're Savage. trying to find coffee but everything's got like milk in it and sugar in it mm, and blah, 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 blah. it's like please people can I just find some but it's like it's like sometimes when looking for unsweetened tea it's like I don't want to. Oh, I, I don't want do pomegranate in it. I don't need <laughs> blood orange in it. I don't need this in it and that in it. I just want some tea, people, please. It reminds me, I was in Austin, Texas over the weekend. If anybody knows Austin, Texas, it's like the liberal capital of Texas. And uh, it's super liberal. I go into a restaurant, you can't order just tea there. I was like, yeah, can I just have a tea? And she says, Oh, have you seen our tea menu? A tea menu. Yeah. And then I start looking at the tea. Oh, it's tea infused with, you know, purple well, have passion. You, have you been into <laughs> some of these gas stations uh, where they have this entire row of, oh, yeah. you can't even find the like tea, a, unsweetened a tea anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You can't even find unsweetened tea anywhere. You just have to, you're, every other flavor <laughs> of tea is there, but just the regular old unsweetened. But yeah, people go crazy. So coming up, Tony Minetti is going to be joining us. And a lot of you also appreciated, really, the Marcation appearance from yesterday, which um, Man, that was, fun. was fun. And we did the Facebook Live with it. And so you're going to really, uh, if you want to check it out again, we had that up there on, on Facebook. And by the way, we are going to be Facebook Living again at 7 o'clock today. Some of you have chosen to just simply listen to the show that way. And not even stream it, which is fine. I think the audio is a little different, but you're still getting a sense of what it is. And you know what's interesting? Some people miss my Piano Room Facebook Live. So I guess at some point I'm going to actually have to do something later in the afternoon where there is a Piano Room Live going on for you folks. Because I think some people miss those. It's kind of funny how far we've advanced from... Uh, my backyard <laughs> with a uh, bottle of Budweiser and then into the piano room where my Wi-Fi was a little bit better. And then we wind up here in the studio and I'm think- I was thinking to myself, wow, those kind of were the weird good old days when I was doing <laughs> Facebook Lives from my house. And it was kind of like, it was kind of rocking. It was kind of really uh, organic and fun. And I think in the end, once we look at what's going on in terms of how Radio Free Almond has progressed 
and you guys are really going to see it too. We're going to kind of look back because right now, even if you went to the Facebook page and just went all the way back to April, I don't know, 11th or whatever it might have been, or I'm sorry, April 15th or whatever you want to, when we put our first video out or no, actually it was like April. I don't care. It, It was, it was the second week of April. You'll be able to trace the rise of Radio Free Almond. I mean, it's pretty amazing. You'll you'll be able to see it from the very first <laughs> parking lot video I put up <laughs> on the Almond Public Facebook page to the development of the Radio Free Almond logo, and before that, to the layout of the videos we did where we explain the case and, yeah, and birds and, attacking you exactly <laughs> and, and we called it the uh you know the hot poker movement and we were all over the place with it but nonetheless you could see the development of the entire radio free almond network basically all there in a timeline on facebook which i find pretty fascinating and eventually i hope some people catch on to what we have done here in terms of the development of the Radio Free Almond Network and how quickly we did it. And it ought to be a story. I was telling Ryan yesterday when we were talking about this, it ought to be a story like that Variety or somebody tells in terms, not not because of me, but because of the development of kind of the riot, the phoenix rising from the ashes or at least the attempted burning of a show that actually didn't ever happen. And in fact, right now, in every level, we are basically right up there with them. Why else would a radio station be buying on Facebook (laughs) uh, targeting devices of Radio Free Almond listeners if they didn't care? Why else would they pull their people from a U.S. Senate debate? Because I happen to be the MC. I mean, so you know they're they're feeling it over there, and and I, I wish no ill will on the people who are working over there. But you can tell that they made a they made a huge mistake. But you know what? In the end, it has become a huge benefit for us. You all are really embracing this brand new frontier. Got a message from Doug Giles yesterday, who texted me and said, buddy, I have to tell you, I like your show 10 million times more in this fashion. I think you've got really something going here. I would like to kind of hook you up with the with the Clash Daily expansion of our brand, and we'll kind of intermingle. And because we're Radio Free Elma Network, we're going to be able to actually put you, put someone like Doug Giles on the radio network where he has his own show, all that kind of thing. And I think also we sold a boatload of books for him yesterday. And I think it was like, um, (laughs) wow, wait a minute, rules for radical Christians. And I think he was a little surprised by you all who went on there. And and this is why we talk and when we talk to advertisers and we talk to people, we talk about the power of all of you out there listening to the show and all of you out there watching on Facebook and everything else, because we know that you are a dedicated, loyal group of individuals, and you reward individuals who reward us with their support. That's just how it works. And so when Doug Giles is on here and we talk about his book, you guys are saying, you know what? 
I want that book. And we had time to talk about it and we had time to get into it and get into some of the deal details there. And the other thing that you all appreciated from yesterday was the, and I want to, I want to get to some of the issues here. So don't worry. I'm not going to talk about us that much, but I want to tell you too, that a lot of people appreciated the Mark interview, if only because you know, we, you and I were talking about this last night, Ryan, yeah. how we were talking about issues that usually create dumpster fires <laughs> in any other studio, in a TV studio or in a radio studio. We were talking about God, abortion. guns, the Constitution, abortion, that normally yeah. by the time it's all said oh. and done, <laughs> somebody's calling somebody a racist, yeah. and somebody's calling somebody a commie. Yeah, and, and, do that at Thanksgiving. Yeah and, yeah, and yelling at each other and doing whatever and screaming at the top of their lungs, and it all kind of deteriorates. But I think it was really pleasing to a lot of people, even if you disagree vehemently with Mark Kaysen, which, or even if you disagree vehemently with me in this case, you still had a situation where we were able to talk, laugh, tease, cajole, hug, yeah. discuss stuff yeah. that normally other people couldn't handle because it winds up being a, a, a gingham dog and calico cat deal in the end, and everybody winds up in a, in a heap. And and this was really a great thing, and I think people really appreciated that. And by the way, we wanted to point out too that none of us gave any ground on our viewpoints no. at the same time. Well, we did get Mark to kind of soften a little he bit on softened. his God thing. Yeah, yeah. By the end of it, he was kind of like, okay, so maybe at the end he was like, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. No, yeah. he was, you know, like, well, Jesus was a rabbit. So you admit at least he's there. Yeah, 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 which is more than Newsweek will do. Because yeah. right, usually right around Easter or Christmas, it's like, yeah. did Jesus really exist? Oh, yeah, they you love You know, the North those. Star might have actually been a 747 <laughs> that was invented well before Jesus by a separate planet. You know, they'll, they'll try to like, think of anything oh, they yeah. could possibly think about in terms of debunking Christ or debunking the uh, Christianity, what have Bef- you. Before you move on, I know you're going to move on. I did just want to say, because I thought this was really interesting, and as far as numbers, is that your St. Louis is obviously the most listened to market for Radio Free Allman. Do you know the number two to the listeners? Could you ever guess the number two market for Radio Free Allman? The number two market. The number two market that Radio Free Allman, just in two days, well, three days, I guess, has... Taken a huge rise in. It's pretty interesting. Switzerland, Switzerland was there. We did have. We did. I mean, we did have some because it was somebody clearly who was uh, who was traveling. Yeah, and and, and probably because I get, I have a lot of those folks. Yeah. Uh, who listen to the show and who do business travel and they're able to hear it, which is with this and this whole get up is perfect for them because they could just listen to it on their phone and what have you. And once we get that app, which yeah. is 10 oh. days from now, game changer. So, who, so what is it? Who is it? Los Angeles. Really? I kid you not. How is that? Why is that? I have no idea. I mean, you have the listenership in Los Angeles, Los Angeles. And number three is Chicago, Los Angeles and Chicago so it's St. Louis number one, Los Angeles number two, Chicago number three are our three biggest markets for Radio Free Allman. Go I think, figure I think, that one out. Well, you know, I, I might be just because, well, we've got a lot of people who 
listen to the show who are active business people and who are traveling, whatever. And Chicago oh, cool. might be uh, represented by uh, Ethan and Katie, my oldest kids. <laughs> who know? Yeah. I'm just telling. It's just cool. Yeah, right, exactly, because they're telling everybody who they know. And, and that's, that's the great thing about this show, because we will talk about local issues, obviously. And, in fact, we kind of got to get around, too, to this, this article that was on Breitbart that talked about Stacey Newman and her role in this whole Greitens affair. Now, yesterday we talked a lot about her role in the Almond Radio 97.1 affair right. that ultimately she's going to be absolutely more accountable for than she will be in this case. But the article in Breitbart, this is now national news, that shows that Stacey Newman was an individual who really was a bundler, so to speak, for the so-called victim in the case of the Greitens affair, where she apparently, the person who is the person who had the affair with Governor Greitens, she happened to know Stacey Newman and, in fact, contributed to her campaign back in 2008 and, in fact, was an active participant in her campaign. She's a hairdresser, so she knows a lot of individuals in government because she not only cut the hair of Governor Greitens, right. but she was also a hairdresser for a variety of different individuals in politics. And some of those individuals in politics – well, let me figure this out here. Hold on a second here. One of the reasons why the Greitens thing wasn't brought up during the election, even though many people knew about what happened, is because there were many other people who also knew the hairdresser who were prominently involved in Democratic politics, and I'll stop it right there. But anyway, what ultimately happened was that Representative Newman decided she was going to reach out to this individual because they have text messages from her to the individual talking about how she needs to get a lawyer, setting her up with the circuit attorney and basically egging her on to the point where she even brought her out onto the House floor in some kind of Planned Parenthood. I can't remember what it was about, but it was some kind of event that she was involved in and introduced her on the House floor. And the fact of the matter is that whether or not this was criminal activity on the part of Representative Stacey Newman, that can be argued. I don't necessarily think it was. I can't imagine it was. But that doesn't mean it just wasn't dirty. And it was just part of an effort to bring the governor down. It had really nothing to do, once again, as it was with her lack of any type of concern for David Hogg. She was mostly just kind of had a rear in a right. bundle because of the Parkway school board race and some of her people involved in that, some of her uh, – people involved in the in protesting Jeannie Ames and that kind of thing. It had nothing to do with her concern about David Hogg or anything mentioned about David Hogg in any way, shape, or form. So she didn't care no. about David Hogg. She cared about trying to create a 
cabal, a basically a a group of individuals uh, assisted by individuals her uh, by her uh, fascist piglet stepson <laughs> to create a internet yeah. bot organization yeah. yep. that would ultimately trick people into believing there was some kind of mass protest of my tweet. So she was kind of part of that whole thing where they they put all that together and artificially so and to the point where they actually uh in in my opinion and and will end up proving it uh, torturously interfered with my financial contracts and all those kinds of things and separated me from my livelihood all because she just simply didn't want me to be on the air and didn't want my voice on the air anymore, mostly because she didn't like what I had to say about Parkway Central, which or, or the Parkway School Board race. So that's how that whole thing went down. So she really didn't care at all about David Hogg or anything else. And, and that's pretty much proven by the fact that David Hogg, when asked about the tweet, kind of knew that. And, and he had wiser people around him advising him, listen, don't get into this because Stacey Newman doesn't care about you. Right. And these left-wingers, they don't care about you. And so he didn't even bother with it. When he was asked directly about it, he was like, I wish they would focus on something else uh, besides things like this. So he knew that it wasn't that big of a deal. So onward to Greitens, the reality is that Stacey Newman didn't care a whit about the well-being of this woman who up until that point really didn't want to be public with what she had to say. Now she is being dragged into court. She's going to testify to this, testify to that. And what's ultimately going to happen is you're going to have Governor Greitens' defense team cross-examining oh, her, and, and they're going to have to yeah. do their job. And obviously, these are good guys, uh, Ed Dowd and these folks. They're good guys, and hopefully, obviously, they'll, they'll obviously treat her with respect uh, and the respect that she deserves, hopefully. And so, but the fact of the matter is she's still basically open, wide, vulnerable, and now everybody's going to know who she is. And that's the real shame of all this, because... Stacey Newman doesn't really care about what happened to her. Ah. She cares about whether or not Governor Greitens is unseated and whether or not because, – because keep in mind, Stacey Newman and Democrats are more than happy to have these rhino, swampy Republicans oh, in office. yeah. It's That's what ca- they want. yeah. Because now you're reaching to the point, Ryan, too, where we, we know there are a lot of Republicans out there when Trump was running who – we're more than happy to have Hillary in in the White House. We heard it right. We heard it on conservative radio airwaves, conservative news talk hosts, famous ones, trying their hardest, at least from my side, to get Hillary elected. Well, because they had a couple things going too. When you write a book, for instance, about how your gun rights are imperiled. Right. The last person you want in the White House is someone who stands up for gun rights because then nobody's going to buy your book. Right. So th- that that's kind of happens too. So you you can't you can't be the conservative, the end of the world is at hand book writer, which is what a lot of the like Ben Sass right, and right, all right, these other right. guys are. 
if if President Trump is in office no. because because people don't really think the end of the world is coming, and so they're not going to buy your book about how the end of the world is coming. So when That's Hillary so... Clinton's in office, you can actually make the case that the end of the world is coming, much like a lot of people did when Obama was in there, and conservatives sold a lot of books. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think about these... I like gun manufacturers, but you gotta yeah. be joking if you don't think in the back boardrooms of these gun manufacturers that they're saying, you know, it's pretty good for business when Democrats, because they sell more guns when Democrats are in office. So there are entities. Yes. Well, let me, let me, let's put it this way, Ryan, because you're an avid gun owner. Yes. And I am too. And we know a lot of people in the gun business. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is look at the, Go to a gun manufacturing facility and look at the crates of guns that are still just sitting there. Yeah. And the reason why is because, and that's why there are a lot of gun places almost even going out of business. It's very true. Because they basically, they, they thought Hillary Clinton was going to get elected. I'm not saying they wanted her elected. No, but exactly. What, but they anticipated this, and so what they did was they overproduced. Yeah. No which, doubt. Is, which is good for kind of us who like to buy guns because <laughs> the guns are a little cheaper now. They are. And, and, yeah. and, and that's perfectly okay with me. But, but the fact of the matter is there are a lot of there are crates of guns sitting there. And so then to your point about individuals who are talking like this, so that we had that one component of people who had a commercial career interest in Hillary being in office, especially people even with the National Review and beyond, yep. because nobody – will read your stuff or, or your or your chicken little sky is falling stuff if the sky isn't falling. Right. And, and so you, you, just, and, and people had a commercial interest, in my opinion, of, of, of having, making sure Hillary was elected because it helps their, their industry, so to speak. Yeah. And then you had the people like the Lindsey Grahams of the world or the John McCain's of the world who or any other Republican manifest – who were more than happy to have Hillary in because at least things weren't going to change. Like they had a system going where basically these individuals in in Washington, essentially what they do is they go to Washington and all, and really what their role is, they're 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 financial managers. They're managers of money that has been stolen from you through the federal income tax. And so basically what they do is they go up and they're elected to kind of manage money here and there. And when it comes to, for instance, uh, tax reform or that kind of thing, why do you think we haven't had tax reform for 45 years? It's because the system was too easy and too great for them to resist manipulating. So that's why you had, if you had any tax reform at all, you had changes, for instance, in tax credits or tax write-offs or right. those kinds of things because they were able to horse trade deductions and things like that. And then you'd have lobbyists up there who would go up there and try to protect this deduction or encourage that deduction there. And Democrats and Republicans were more than happy to go ahead and utilize your stolen federal tax dollars to please the people who fund their campaigns. And so they were perfectly okay to kind of exist in this environment where at least they got a little something right. as opposed to nothing, which was what President Trump was promising when he was running for president. 
and he said, I'm draining the swamp. We're getting rid of this stuff. And even though he's had mixed success in doing so, we're going to do this. It's why the guys, the pencil pushers in the State Department oh, and yeah. the deep state didn't yeah. want him there. No, no, they hate that kind of stuff. And I'll just say, you know, I mean, as much as I would have loved to have seen Trump, you know, completely reform the tax system, as a business owner, his tax has when it actually kicks in, some of it started kicking in, sure. you know, there's more that's going to kick in next year. Amazing for business. I mean, it's amazing. There was a couple things that went away that were a little disappointing. Uh, like they, they got rid of the entertainment deduction, which by the way, I know people think that's a big rouge, but like now when we take like uh, uh, clients out to dinner, you can't write that stuff off anymore. They, they slashed all that, like take a client out to golf, that's gone. So they did make some major changes on well, that. Well, I have, I have, I have some Ruth's Chris, Gift certificates you can use. <laughs> I know you can you use those do. if you if you want to. You could yeah. You don't have you can you know. I have twelve hundred dollars with the. I have to say, somebody on Facebook made the funniest comment, and I laughed so hard when I read it. Somebody said you should give the Ruth's Chris gift cards to like the homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm picturing you know. Well, Jamie Allman gave me this, and I'm here to eat. Sure, why not? I love it. You know you know you know. Actually, even better because because homeless people are, are nice and they, yes. they, they, so so what I would probably do is it would be better to stand outside the city jail, oh the city my. workhouse, <laughs> and, and and while the guy is putting the shoelaces back into his shoes, <laughs> hand him a Ruth Chris Steakhouse gift certificate. You know, literally the minute he's bonded out. Yeah. I just have them going there. Bruce Chris has a whole new business coming. <laughs> in. You, know, I, you know, or go or go someplace where I can either, you know go to a uh, go to some alley and find some guys playing craps. And just give them a bunch of gift certificates. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I might even do is well, I, I might even it might be a good reason to go down to Texas and just sit there at the border. And and as they <laughs> swim across the Rio Grande, tell them here's a here's there's a, a wonderful restaurant. <laughs> you guys. Yeah. If you I mean you look like you need a steak. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm telling you. I mean it would it would be great. So maybe that's maybe that so anyways, yes, yeah, I agree with you on the entertainment deal because and again, I would prefer, and I think you would too. I, I like Ted Cruz's model, Same. which yep. was the, you know, everybody pays 15%, whether you make $100 a year or $100 million a year, and there are no deductions at all. It'd That's the way it goes. Now, keep in mind, that probably would be equally hard to do up there, because keep in mind, you're you're wrestling away a bunch of different oh, kind yeah. of horse trading opportunities yeah. for lawmakers, so, so no, they'll never go for it, but... That would have been the optimum. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, and, and that's why they had to write it in the way that they did. I mean, and that's, it's, I just think the tax system, and I think most of the listeners would agree, it doesn't matter whether you own a business or you work, it, the, the tax system is a mess. Yeah. It's so a mess. Back to Stacey Newman, though. Yes. So to, to my original point that got us to this point about talking about individuals who uh, who are, more than happy to have a rhino in there as opposed to Governor yeah. Greitens. When Governor Greitens came to Jefferson City, he made a lot of enemies, not only in the Democrat Party, but also 
among Republicans right. who – and just look at what's happening with the tax credit system everything else. They did not – I mean, keep, keep in mind, if you will if, – if you don't mind me saying here, folks, do you realize this is all about the tax credit cabal there? This is all about that monstrosity. It's nothing about whether or not Governor Greitens is immoral or it's not about – family values. It's not about looking out for the hairdresser. It's none of that. It's all about money. That's all you have to look at it as. And Democrats benefited from this as much as anybody else. And so the bottom line is, so Stacey Newman would would be more than happy to have a Republican like Parson in there or whatever else because they're all pliable. They're all kind of good old boy people. And the Democrats can get along with those people more than they can with a guy like Governor Greitens. So that's what this is all about. So this story, uh, we'll go ahead and see if we can post it. Oh, on, we will. Do yeah. we have a posting place, I guess, on, on RadioFreeAlman.com? We're getting, ready to, we're getting okay. ready to have that. Yeah. And, and by the way, for whatever reason, the article, I mean, I'm familiar enough with the article. For whatever reason, it came up in Spanish <laughs> on my computer. By the way, I, how did that happen? There was a lot of people on on Facebook saying, "Well, she can't, you know, we got to make sure she doesn't get reelected." I don't think a lot of people understand. And like you were explaining the other day to me, she is term limited. Oh, she's, right? she's out. She's out after this, and she's been a senator and is also a state rep. And 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 now, and the problem is, and this is what her medical leave got us because we got because she apparently was basically sitting on her couch tweeting for the past three months or whatever it was, and that's what medical leave got us. So she, was, she of course, made sure she took care of everything before she left office so the state would pay for it. Oh, yeah. But, but, you know, but, but nonetheless, that's kind of what we got. So she's not in as much trouble with the Governor Greitens thing as she is with what happened with me, and, and ultimately we're going we're gonna to be able to uh, – adjudicate that but but still this article now making national news about her role and basically just simply facilitating the woman in the Greitens affair case meeting with lawyers and ultimately then meeting also with individuals who are uh, uh, in the circuit attorney's office so that that whole thing this whole thing has been quite a mess as it is so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here we're going to come back and we're going to go ahead and Facebook live it for all of you. And that's how things are going to roll, people. Yeah, this is Radio Free Allman. And you are a part of the Common Sense Nation. And we're in the beautiful confines of the Gaslight Bar down here in the beautiful hill. And we'll come back. Tony Minetti, running for the U.S. Senate, is going to be joining us. You know we have that big debate coming on Friday. And we'll talk a little more about that as well. So this is Radio Free Almond, y'all. It's time to put your hands up. It's time to put your in love. I'm a vigilante. My love defender. You a wanted man. Everybody loves.
shadow of death And I fear no evil Because I'm blind to it all In my mind, in my gun They comfort me Because I know I'll kill my enemies When they come Surely goodness and mercy will follow me All the days of my life And I will dwell on this earth forevermore Said I walk beside the still waters And they restore my soul But I can't walk on the path of the right Because I'm wrong Well, I came upon a man at the top of a hill. He called himself the savior of the human race. Said he comes to save the world from destruction and pain. I said, how can you save the world from itself? That is Scrub. Is it DJ Scrub, they call him, or just Scrub? Just Well, because this, he's from the Gaslight Sessions. Yeah. Gaslight Records. And this is a guy who is probably every bit able to break through on the major music scene and record with the big boys. On all different levels. His videos are great. And he's super talented, super funny. And he's all St. Louis. So that's one of the benefits of being down here at Gaslight and being with these guys with Gaslight Records. And if you go to Gaslight Music Sessions on YouTube, you can see all this stuff. And they do some great videos, that kind of thing. And... Be these situations where some, some, most of it is clean, no, uh, yeah. not not all of it is, <laughs> and so we, we kind of slip into it. But and also one of the things we we got to do, and, and you guys are wondering how come Almond's not playing some of his other music, and one of the things behind the scenes are we Facebook Live now? We are. Hey everybody, good morning this morning. <laughs> good morning this morning. Yeah, let me go ahead and say hi to the Facebook people just quickly. Just say hi to them. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter. I know you are. You know that? Sorry they know say. that too. Yes, indeed. Now I'm just getting my headphones back from me. So one of the, the behind the scenes is thing is is radio stations usually pay a general overall license fee. Yes. 
for the ability to play any kind of music they want to. And that's kind of how they do that. So one of the reasons why we're playing a lot of the music we are right now is because we're in actually the process of paying our fee. Yes. It's got this flat fee that you can pay. And you're able at that point to use music legally and without, you know, kind of having to, to deal with the whole situation where you might have a copyright, uh, copyright yeah. violation, whatever. The one of the play, just in case you're thinking, I know what I'm going to do when Jamie Ullman plays, you know, um, something like, uh, you know, perhaps when he plays Florence and the Machine or what have <laughs> you, and, and, and maybe I know what I'll do. I'll go ahead and is my computer up? I don't know whether my computer's up or not. My really? on my music, yeah. I don't I can't play anything off my computer right now. Oh I'm trying to. Good. Yeah, I'm trying to. But it's not popping in on there right now. Well, let's find out. Well, that's because you oh, got your box. Here we go. Let's do that right here. I'd like to keep my shoes. So when I play this. It's always darkest before the In some ways, I'd kind of be honored to be sued by Florence and the Machine. <laughs> be a badge of honor. Because maybe I get to see her. I would demand a jury trial. I demand that... She wouldn't show up. Florence... Oh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> I, want, I want to face my accuser. <laughs> so... Right now, though, here's the deal. Technically, because we're in our monetization phase, uh, we really, we're really not utilizing Florence and the Machine to make money at this level yet. So technically, we kind of have it out there. But one of the reasons why you're not hearing some of the music you're used to hearing when I was over there in Dinosaur Land is because I don't have the copyright or the, or the license to play it. That's right. Better stop. <laughs> so, so that's why that's why I am. But eventually, we're going to go ahead and and pay the fee. I'm, I'm paying the fee. You are, and then we're going to be able to play that. But I still want to be able to infuse the Gaslight Record sessions in here because these are some really super strong. I'm, I'm talking about super strong local artists here in town, whether it be the Bernie sisters or Elliot Pearson or whether it be Scrub or any of these other guys, there there's some really talented people down here and it's pretty amazing. And so I want to be able to infuse some of that stuff in here too and we'll we'll get it going on. But th- that's that's kind of the behind the scenes of the whole thing. People love the Facebook live stream. See, people like it because you're being shared around offices. I'm seeing comments like, having the stream is even better because I can keep watching even when I'm in the office. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, apparently, as I said earlier about people who are listening to the show, we first of all have thousands of listeners to the stream, and eventually when oh. we get our app, it'll be even stronger than Tens that. Of but a lot of people are more than happy to watch it on Facebook, which I'm more than happy to have you watching it on Facebook. And it actually kind of made me, as I said earlier, uh, some people even miss my Piano Room Facebook Lives, and so I might kind of get back to those. Speaking of all the other things we, we, we were saying we're going to do, 
we are going to be arranging for a happy hour, which our first one will be next week. And so right now we're kind of just looking for a venue. Keep in mind, a lot of people out there are wanting us to have the happy hour at their place. And so if you have a particular place in mind where you'd like to see that taking place, we'll do the happy hour there. That's where we'll have the gear, everything else. Tag, if you do know somewhere, just tag it in the comment section in Facebook, on the Facebook Live here, if you're watching by Facebook. Just comment somebody that you know that has a business or something like that that may want to have a little Radio Free Almond. Yeah, that'd be great. And speaking of the Radio Free Almond brand, we right now are popping up a bunch, of having a bunch of uh, bumper stickers printed. And we are going to ask you if you have a business or if you have a place of business where you would be more than happy to have a stack of them. Are we adding too much to the list there, Ryan, of people putting hashtags? Or do you think if I just say, hey, listen, tell us if you're a business out there and you have a business and you want to take and you want to have a stack of our Radio Free Almond bumper stickers, then go to it and we'll bring them out there. We'll put them on your counter, and you can go ahead and do that, and and, and we'll we'll be part of your uh, your little operation yeah. there. We got to get. I want radio RFA bumper stickers. Like you should not be able to drive down the highway without seeing absolutely a radio free car. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? <laughs> I, I and 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 stick them on telephone poles. <laughs> <laughs> really grassroots. But don't stick them on stop signs because people still need to see the they stop do. signs. So don't be one of those people. It says we don't give traffic reports anymore. You know, you know the people who will do it, though, is they'll take the Radio Free Almond and Stacey Newman and her crew will do oh. stop mm-hmm. Radio Free Almond. Oh. <laughs> you really want to try that again, do you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we're ready for you. We, I was ready for you then, but I wasn't able to be ready in the way that I should have been ready. I had one guy yesterday on Facebook talk about how uh, it was that I wasn't able to manage the narrative. And I said, dude, do you know anything about what was going on? Because I wasn't allowed to speak yeah. about this whole thing. I was told, don't talk about it at all. Yeah. Don't bring it up. It'll just go away. And and c- corporate PR will take care of it. And, and all those folks, Esther... In PR up there in Esther. Philly. Well, don't worry, Esther has it all under control. And uh, Esther's going. <laughs> I'm picturing Esther up there, and she's like, "So, do you guys want me to write something or put something?" And they're like, "Oh, oh no, we're already." Yeah. How, how many pages of the separation agreement do you think we need here? That's what they were talking about. So, you know, nonetheless, they were. Th- that's what they were all thinking. So, I wasn't allowed to do the narrative, and and once and for all, I do want to get this out because I think it's very important, and, and we've talked about this before. This idea that we are losing advertisers is the biggest bunch of baloney. It was, the, in fact, going the opposite direction. Yeah. And once I left, then they lost the advertisers. But, but, but that narrative, that story out there is a complete and total fabrication, uh, just so you know. Let's get to some uh, election results. This was interesting development here in West Virginia when Patrick Morrissey, we had this possibility of this guy Don Blankenship who's the uh the coal baron as they say. Yeah. And then we had the Evan Jenkins who is a state rep uh there from West Virginia and uh, he was a congressman actually. And so Attorney General Patrick Morrissey who was actually a uh Tea Party patriot 
favorite okay. and was supported by President Trump and everything else. He is the one who will be the guy facing off with Joe Manchin there. And Manchin is certainly compromised, one of many yeah. Senate seats across the country that are going to be compromised and could possibly be taken by Republicans. So keep that in mind when you are looking at what's uh, what's happening around the country because it looks like this whole blue wall or blue wave or whatever yeah. it is isn't going to be happening. No, that's Rachel Maddow's like made up fantasy of the of the the blue wave. I mean, and if you watch the Situation Room, the blue wave is coming, but nothing well appears. And you also look at what they're doing. A while back, there was this talk about how there was going to be this suburban white women vote. Where are the white women at? <laughs> we got to get that. But the suburban white women vote, and th- this has been, these guys latch on to these myths that they like to kind of perpetuate. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. oh, no, President Trump is really in trouble with suburban white women. Oh, you mean suburban white women who, first of all, have great jobs, <laughs> who are whose wages are increasing if they are working, and if they're not working and just simply working at home, their husbands' jobs are more secure because of President yep. Trump. So are those the suburban white women you're yeah. talking about? Because uh, they're not going to be voting for a job-killing Democrat in a million trillion years. And apparently John Kerry is the one who is supposedly going to be the great white Democrat hope for 2020, which is why President Trump... I believe John Kerry, John Kerry is is actually in in my opinion violating the Hatch Act, running around out there trying to save the Iran nuke deal, which ultimately, as you know from yesterday, was not saved in any way, shape, or form. In fact, President Trump summarily tore it up yesterday. That deal is gone, and things are on the move. And this is a situation where. This was an intolerable deal, and Iran was already, as BB pointed out a while back, taking advantage of it and taking advantage of our sleep mode and actually building up their nuclear weapons program. And that's exactly what everybody feared, because President Obama was like, I know what we'll do. We'll send some money over there in an airplane, and they won't have nuclear weapons. They'll be so happy they won't have nuclear weapons anymore. It's like, everybody's like, that is the biggest bunch of baloney. That's never going to happen. And anybody with any brains was like, dude, you're going to just pay these guys off, give them this deal. They're laughing in our faces right now. And they're just simply going to continue on with their program under the guise that they're cooperating with another one, which was this deal that President Trump tore up. Now, in an effort to – oh, by the way, I want to mention Dawn. Dawn, thank you again for bringing oh, – yeah. you guys see on Facebook Live yeah. our little bucket of uh, Renoco coffee, a uh, basket of Renoco coffee. There's some fun and stuff in there, there too. Is, there really is. See, look got the at cup. that. That's a, that's a I mean, that's a, cup. that's a Ryan cup all over it. <laughs> I like how amused we get on <laughs> Don't say we, because I wasn't yeah. really amused by okay. that sippy All cup right. there. I'm just kidding you. Uh, chocolate. Anyway, Renoco coffee's great. It's the co- this is the coffee, <laughs> whatever they call that. It's called a the- coffee <laughs> mug. Yeah, right. So they have the uh, Renoco. So Dawn Berry comes in the wee hours of the morning this morning to the door of Gaslight. And I'm hearing this like, 
And I actually didn't sound like that. It sounded like... No, because you'd have to hit metal. Yeah, I'm trying to find some metal. There's nothing metal But it was metal, and it didn't sound actually like a door knock. It sounded like something else. So Ryan and I are both grabbing our heavy machinery, if you want to put it that way, in preparation for whatever might be happening. And it turns out that it's actually Dawn, who is a... Wonderful, by the way, if you are a Renoco executive out there, you guys, I hope you keep every bit of Dawn Barry in your employee because she is fantastic. She's a happy face. You got a picture. Where you want to put that? Where yeah, are we going to put I'll that? I'll post that on Facebook. Yeah, we'll put it on Facebook. But she, she came in and we kind of showed her around and she dropped off this Renoco coffee. They were, they were with me and, and they were helping me out with my caffeine back at the dinosaur station. <laughs> and she was very upset that I'm not there anymore but, and so happy that she found me again and dropped off this beautiful basket of Renoco coffee. Renoco coffee that's usually used by the best restaurants in town, right? And that's the coffee you have after dinner or after whatever you've been doing. And that's the coffee you're thinking, you know what? This tastes really good. How come I can't make this kind of coffee at home? And then it turns out that you are uh, drinking Renoco coffee. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. All this it's a squeeze. Yeah, yeah. It's a squeeze. It's a squeezy squeeze. So, uh, it, it, so that's the kind of coffee that, that you can actually have now in your house if you go out and grab some Renoco coffee at the store. So it's really delicious stuff. So, Dawn, thank you so much for bringing that by. And these are the stre- otherwise known as stress balls, but this is a stress is, coffee cup. Yeah, which is Stress hilarious. Renoco coffee cup, yeah. All right, so back to the Iran deal and back to the news media in a wild attempt to... Well, save the Iran deal, even though it was already tanked by President Trump. But then they decided to take the position of Iran and indeed of Europe and had to invent this idea that somehow you were going to be imperiled by the end of the deal. And the news media just went after it and went crazy. President Trump expected to announce today he is withdrawing the U.S. from the controversial Iran nuclear deal, a move that could anger key allies and impact how much you pay for gas. The minute I saw that, my BS detector just absolutely pinned because anybody with any knowledge about where we get our oil would know that this Iran nuclear deal will have, I'm talking about, zero effect on our gasoline prices. We do not get oil from Iran. And every single network throughout this entire thing decided that they were going to push this meme that somehow this is going to affect your gas prices because they had to get you kind of involved in their stress over the fact that something Obama had created in some way, shape, or form was going away. So really their big concern was the fact that this is an Obama deal that is going down the tubes and they just simply will have none of it and will do anything to run interference for any kind of Obama-created program that he did, in fact, build. Build that. Somebody else made that happen. Look, at he'll even chase around himself and accuse him of not building something that somebody else made that happen. So they are their attempt to run interference for President Obama's programs just simply make up the idea that somehow the end of the Iran deal is going to affect your gas prices and what you're doing at the pump. 
the bottom line is has zero effect. And anybody with any knowledge of the oil industry or where we get our gasoline will know that even if you did look at the Persian Gulf and what is it doing in terms of uh, where we get our oil, they're still third or at maybe a close fourth in terms of how we are where we're getting our oil. So where do you, where do you think the number one where do you think the number one source of our oil is in this country? And I will tell you, maybe you'll get it, maybe you'll not, but the reality is it's us. We're the number one source of oil we have in this country that we refine and turn into gasoline. Here's that number for Tony Minetti, by the way, buddy, right here. Oh, yeah. Are we ready to give him a buzz? Yeah, we will. Uh, just in a second. I just want to make sure you had the number there, bud. So we have the number one oil producer for the United States is the United States. What is number two? Number two, well, it's kind of a tie. Latin America and Canada. And Mexico basically is a predominant provider of our oil. Venezuela is another dominant provider of oil. But that's Latin America. And then you have Canada. And then you have the Persian Gulf, which, by the way, is only slightly ahead of, in our in providing us oil, slightly ahead of Africa. <laughs> what? So... Yeah, I mean, you, people think, well, we get all of our oil from, we, they think that we get all of our oil from OPEC and Saudi Arabia, when in fact, they're kind of farther down the list. In fact, they're kind of far down the list, sitting alongside Africa in terms of oil production and oil production and oil we get from our, uh, for our refining purposes. So, this I, and even if you did take the Persian Gulf, Iran isn't part of that. Right. So, so Iran is Iran provides oil to Russia, provide oil to France, and you know what? If a gallon of gasoline costs more in France, I'm sorry, I really don't give a rip. Right. Even if I'm in France, I'm just vacationing anyway, and I'll go ahead and pay the extra dollar a gallon. But I'm not worried about them, and that's. Because President Trump isn't either. It's America first, and that's how we roll. Certainly, we have to be careful about our allies and about making sure they're safe and that kind of thing, and I get all that. But the bottom line is this Iran deal was horrible for the United States of America. It was horrible for our safety. It was horrible for world security because Iran was simply just – violating it and creating their own little monster there and and beefing up their nuclear program. So we have to be concerned about ourselves and about our well-being. That's why Americans elected President Trump the way they did, because President Trump went out and, first of all, by the way, promised to rip up the Iran deal. And that's what makes everybody mad. He's like, He's fulfilling his promises. <laughs> it's like, yep, you're yeah. right. He's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. And that's what's making everybody crazy. Oh, yeah. And the news meeting won't have any of it. Yeah. That's why they're trying to menace you with the lie that somehow you're going to be paying more for gasoline at the pump. Now, keep in mind, if, if there's a possibility, for instance, that Iran reacts by cutting off the Strait of Hormuz or something right. like that, then, of course, that oil 
delivery alleyway is cut, but they're not going to do that either because they know that they need to keep everything hunky-dory in Iran too because, like China, they love their money. That's right. And they're not going to do anything to imperil it. That's how this whole thing works. The bottom line is this was bad for us, but don't believe the news media. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there's always the, the, the local media always oh, yeah. wants to do like, what's the, they get together. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah, if yeah. And, if, and if they don't have a, <laughs> if they don't have a jackknife tractor trailer, a body in a uh, dumpster or a warehouse fire, they have to come up with like other original ideas. Yeah. And even then, they're not so original. So in this morning's news media, in, in television newsrooms everywhere, Somebody's going to come up with the idea of doing a story about uh, about how things roll with when it comes to local gas yeah. prices and how that's possibly oh, going yeah. to affect you. That's Tony Minetti you calling. Me to- Hang on, let me just get him real quickly. <laughs> yo. Hey, hey, Tony. Yeah, could you hear me? Yeah, I can. But here's the deal, buddy. I'm going to have Ryan call you on our other line. <laughs> Uh, so, so is, is it a surprise that I'm talking to a guy who's been in the military? For a majority of his life, Tony Medley running for the U.S. Senate. Yeah. Is it any surprise? What time did he call? Seven thirty on the dot. Yeah. that's that's the kind of guy. This is that's that's a, that's a stealth bomber yeah. pilot for you, right that's there. Why we're not? And, and, so, so, Tony, when I t- I told him last night, I go, I'll get you at seven thirty. When I when you tell Tony Minetti seven thirty, seven thirty, it's seven thirty <laughs> that you're going to be on the air. I b- believe me. Any guy, what's that, buddy? All right, buddy. I'm going to go ahead and hang up on my phone, and then we're going to call you back and get you on the line. And this is this is okay. This is this is vintage Tony Minetti too. I love this guy because he uh, he he. When I first met him and running for the U.S. Senate, he was absolutely just. He was like, dude, I'm going to be the next U.S. Senator. That's awesome. Let me tell you something. And even if I'm not. I'm going to fight like hell to make sure that I am. And I love this guy. I love his spirit. So we're going to call him. But before I get to that real quick, I'll finish up the story. So what they're going to do is the local news media will be in their newsrooms and they're going to go, let's do a local angle on the Iran deal. So do not be surprised if somewhere this morning (laughs) or this afternoon, there's going to be some doofus standing outside and live in front of a gas station Talking about the effect of the tearing up of the Iran deal on it. your gasoline prices, and they'll basically just make it up as they yeah. go along because there's no way. And I've seen like ABC News's and CBS News's and NBC News's morning consults, so to speak. So what they do is they deliver briefings to local news stations yeah. and and they present ideas and things like that. So if NBC is talking about and the lie about the Iran deal's effects on oil prices, uh, then then po- the, quite possibly they have already tricked a local news organization oh, definitely. into doing that. So don't be surprised if you see I know how this operates. Yeah. I've been around the block on these things. So uh, I, I do picture, by the way, like the, the news reporter, like going into the gas station, they're like, are you getting ready to – uh, like change your gas. Oh yeah, we're getting ready to do that right now. Okay, we're gonna get the shot of you guys <laughs> changing the gas prices. And believe you know? me, if if you have a gas station that is doing that, that's basically just otherwise known as gouging. Yeah, it's a complete farce. And I don't think they will do it. I don't think these guys are really that that brazen. But but the reality is, folks, we do not get our oil from Iran. 
And in fact, even if we did consider the Persian Gulf and its supply of oil, it doesn't include Iran. And if it does, it includes like a little bit of it, but that's about it. Our main oil providers are in this order, the United States of America, Latin America, Canada, and then the Persian Gulf and Africa are basically kind of right there at the same time. So, so now you have the knowledge. Now you have the truth. So if you have your goofball liberal friend <laughs> in the office and you're standing at the water the cooler at the Cuba, you know, gas fees. Donald Trump's hurting us again with yeah. raising gas prices by <laughs> being such a gunslinger out there on the world stage. This is just what we feared is that he's, if he didn't push the nuke button and blow us all up, he'd increase our gas prices. Well, now you know. And now you're armed with info. I am hearing, by the way, on Facebook that the hostages from North Korea released. I'm, yes. I'm getting this. I haven't confirmed it. We have not confirmed it, but we are starting to see reports Good. of that. Well, because early this morning, I told you Pompeo kind of uh, made this trip overnight while you were sleeping to North Korea. And he's a great guy. And who would have ever imagined, first of all, that we'd have this kind of diplomatic trip and this diplomatic foray into North Korea to begin with, which hardly ever happens. It is confirmed. And so, yeah, and, and I'm so glad to hear that these three hostages, which you might not even known they had three hostages, but right. they did. And these are three academics, and Pompeo is putting them on the old State Department plane and flying back to the U.S. So I guess Tony Benetti's there? I can bring him in. Let's go ahead. I didn't want to... Yeah. You know. Uh, in a run up to this, by the way, Friday is the U.S. Senate debate. And. Good morning. Hello. Good morning this morning, uh, Tony Manetti. How you doing, my friend? Morning. You there? Yeah, I hear you now. Okay, buddy. Hey, Tony Manetti. By the way, do you realize, I thought maybe, because you have to go to Columbia today, so you were busy. But one of these days uh, before the election, you have to come down to the Gaslight Bar and Gaslight Studios where we do our show because you'd be right at home here on the hill in St. Louis, buddy. We're right around the corner uh, from Magazis. <laughs> I love St. Louis. Uh, she's a beautiful city, and they've got a lot of the good old Italian food. And I tell you what, when I become the next U.S. senator, I'm putting my uh, office in St. Louis on the hill. Oh, nice. I, of course you will. Of course you will, Tony Benny. Yeah. Well, we, we, th- this debate is going to be Friday, and it is, we're going to have somebody on with us, I guess, I think tomorrow, to kind of preview this Senate debate and give you the location and everything else. It's right there on Hawkins Road in the Rockwood School District. I got to get, the, it's 780 Hawkins, Hawkins Drive. Will you check that out over there, Ryan, if you don't mind? Just yeah. If, oh, if, yeah, if yeah. you look at it. See where the actual exact location. And we're going to be out there. We're going to be out there with Radio Free Almond gear and hats and T-shirts and everything else. So we'll have a presence there. I'm emceeing it. And Tony Minetti is going to be there as well. And here's a guy, when I first met him, and he declared he was running for the U.S. Senate. I saw the passion in his eyes. I saw such fire. And I saw such discipline when it comes to making sure that he got his point across. And at the time he was doing it, he was basically, you didn't have people. I mean, I don't even know whether you, you have that many people to begin with right now, right? You know, it's amazing because I remember when you asked me, Jamie, you said, um, how many of these interviews have you done? And I go, this is my first one. And you were like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, no. Um, and it's because, you know, when you run a grassroots campaign, you, you literally got to just work harder and we don't complain. We just do what we got to do. 
but we have definitely formed a grassroots team now because I don't know if you know this, but yesterday was my anniversary where I first announced uh, I did a cross-state uh, from St. Louis, Jeff City, and, and Independence. I told everybody I'm a retired B-2 stealth bomber business owner, Christian author. I am not a politician, and I'm ready to serve you again. And literally, it's been one whole year, and my goodness, I have learned so much, and we've built a great team, and the people are excited that there's a patriot and not a politician that's running and fighting for term limits, balanced budgets, the things that really matter. Uh, you know, to improve our lives. It was, it was, we're all about results. What can you do to improve our lives and, and get the federal government and out of the states and let us, you know, worry about what we need to do to fix our own local communities? But you just provide for the common defense, you know, and all I'm right. ready to do that for the people. You're going back to the Constitution, man, and to the yes, enumerated sir. powers of the federal government, which are limited, certainly, and yet have been expanded by both Democrat and Republican politicians. And, buddy, I have to tell you, too, uh, you, you, I was wondering, I asked you when you first announced you were running, whether or not you were traveling the state in, in the bomber. I thought maybe the least they could do, <laughs> considering <laughs> all your service, that that could be your... You know, I like that, man. Some, that would be cool. Uh, you know what? I know I could, I could jump in her right this second and go fly her like as if it was riding my car, because I, I was one of the very first that was lucky enough uh, to be part of that amazing team where we literally have the capability in America to uh, fly from the heartland, not dependent on any other uh, foreign you know, nations, so that we can uh, use our payload, our amazing stealth capability and precision weapons to put bombs on target on time in defense of America. And I have done that and received the Distinguished Flying Cross and Air Medals, but I will tell you that pales in comparison to the men and women serving overseas right now with boots on the ground. Um, so to me, I'm going to bring all of my knowledge as a top secret clearance I've had for 20 some years with nuclear and conventional weapons to make sure that our military has the right fighting force and capability so that we will be respected once again. And clearly, we currently have a president that hears our voice, and I will be his wingman. And I am a MAGA candidate, and I've said it since day one. And, uh, you know, God bless President Trump for all he's doing for our country. And what he needs is a senator that's going to help him get constitutional judges on the bench and the right appointees done and then lower taxes and let our economy start growing again and tell all these other countries around the world that the United States is back and we're not globalists. We're, we're okay with being America first agenda. And that's how the business of America is business and how we're going to continue to compete, thrive, and grow. Tony Minetti, who has been advancing the Make America Great agenda for some time now, is uh, noticed by the administration and by people who supported President Trump not too long ago. I uh, had the privilege of hanging out with Sebastian Gorka, who came into town specifically to uh, campaign for you, Tony Minetti. And, and Sebastian Gorka is an intensely smart individual. And I got to tell you, the fact that you attracted his attention and indeed his endorsement was a pretty darn big deal, buddy. Well, thank you, sir. I'm, I'm honored that Dr. Gorka has uh, passionately supported me, and he continues to. Um, you know, the, 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 the key is, you know, after I meet, I had actually met with President Trump. Um, I really believe that he didn't even know who I was because the establishment elite were throwing this young Josh guy's name out there, thinking that he's got name, ID, and money. But young Josh just isn't ready for this, and I am. So I will be, I will defeat young Josh and then go on to defeat Camille and Claire and Mitch McConnell is next. <laughs> so Tony, tell me the story. Okay. 
here's what happened. So we were at an event a while back, and President Trump was there. And, Tony, I know you were there as well. I can't remember whether it was in Springfield or what have you. And Josh Hawley was there. And Josh Hawley, because he's attorney general, happened to be part of the greeting team or part of the team or whatever. Uh, and maybe it wasn't Springfield another time. But anyway, it was St. Louis, actually. Yeah, St. So St. Louis. St. Louis. And so Hawley's there. <clears throat> yeah. He's up there. And to the surprise of a lot of us, President Trump went out there and said, hey, our next U.S. Senator, Josh yeah. Hawley, you're going to be able to fight him. Blah, blah. And a lot of us were, frankly, surprised. And, of course, all of us have deep respect for President Trump and <clears throat> deep, deep respect for his instincts. But at the same time, we were pretty sure that President Trump wasn't necessarily aware of some of the other people out there and might and, and actually might have been simply told by the Republican establishment that was part of his greeting team or whatever else. And, hey, Josh Hawley's the guy. Josh Hawley's the guy. And it's been kind of interesting to see how this whole thing has progressed because he's it's been this foregone conclusion that Josh Hawley is going to be the nominee. And for a lot of us who went through supporting President Trump and being told that uh, that Bush was going to be the nominee or that somebody else would be the nominee. We were like, wait just a second here. <laughs> and, and again, I, I mentioned it in all due respect to President Trump. I said, right. even if President Trump endorses somebody, President Trump voters are just that independent enough that they might not necessarily go for the person President Trump has talked about. Right. And so anyway... And, and, and again, well, because we make up our own minds, that's how President Trump got elected. But then, so Tony Minetti, in order to make sure that President Trump knew who he was, ultimately you you wound up in New York City, correct? Yeah, that's right. In fact, the Republican Party did not give me an opportunity to go in. They gave me a ticket one day before the event. I'm a small business owner, so I should have been at least in the building. Uh, they told told me to get in the back of the line, and rather than complain about it, B-2 pilots, we, we put bombs on target. And I said, okay, you know, you know, there's two sets of rules, rules for young Josh and rules for everybody else. So I'll do what I need to do to get the president's attention. And I literally went out to New York, was the first one in line, and I had my B-2 bomber jacket. People from the Trump team said, what are you doing here? You know, I see the dragon. He goes, we were just in Missouri. I go, I know. I would, for whatever reason, I didn't have a chance to meet him. She goes, well, if you get his attention, we'll take your question. So I literally stood up on top of a chair because my wife, I've uh, been married her for 30 years. She said, you need to stand up for this country, and you need to, you know, get their attention. So I'm like, all of a sudden, I, I did not premeditate this. I stood up on top of the chair and saluted the president, and he took my question. And I said, President Trump. My name is Lieutenant Colonel Tony Minetti, retired B-2 stealth pilot from Missouri, want to defeat liberal Claire McCaskill. I go, what's a guy like me that has a heart of a Trump but not your wallet need to do to help you drain the swamp and cut through the establishment? And the president of the United States starts cracking up on stage. There's a thousand <laughs> people there. Joe Piscopo was in the audience, by the way. He was on uh, Laura Ingram yesterday. Yeah. He was cracking up. And bottom line is he started, he said, Colonel, the first thing you got to do is get my attention, and you just did. And he goes, and you got everyone else's attention. They call Kellyanne on the stage, and he goes, help the colonel out. And Kellyanne says to me, Colonel, the first thing you got to do is not believe the polls, because if you did, Hillary Clinton would be president right now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I love it, so, man. I, I am getting <clears throat> quite a few questions on Facebook. Um, yeah, we go have, ahead. A... I take any question you okay, want, because I'm cool. not a politician. Okay, good. Go well, for it. We've got a good-sized audience who I know is trying to make this decision on uh, who to vote for. And, and one of the things that a lot of people are, are saying is, 
what is it about you that you really believe you can beat Claire McCaskill versus somebody like Peterson who says, you know, a lot of people are saying they think he may potentially have um, uh, maybe a better chance at beating her. What would you say to that? Uh, there is no doubt in my, in my mind that I will defeat Chameleon Claire, and here's why. Uh, none of these other young men, and they're all 37 or 38, by the way, nothing against young people, but I've been around the block a few more times. I'm 54. No, none of these other young men have been to war. I've been in two wars, and I literally have gone deep into enemy territory. I've been shot at. I'm ready to go fight for you with that kind of attitude and resolve and mental toughness that we must change the character of Washington. Look, I've been a Republican all my life. And Austin is a wonderful man. You will not hear me saying bad things about him. He's a, but let, everybody knows the truth is he was a libertarian, and he's changed to our Republican Party. I'm glad he saw the light. And um, he just will not have the right stuff that I do. Not only that, I've run a business for 10 years. And I, when I sweated payrolls and signed the front of checks, I had to put my 401K on the line to get my business to keep going. It means I had to sacrifice, ladies and gentlemen. How many of these other young men and, and uh, other people running have ever a clue what that means? I do, and that's why when I go to D.C., I will fight for term limits and change this culture of corruption and focusing on the budget and say, stop straddling debt on my kids. We need patriots that are going to go there for two terms and then go back to fishing and flying. Look, I got the right stuff. I went to the Air Force Academy. I know something called integrity. And it means we're going to do what we say, not like these young Josh politicians that climb up the ladder and say, I will not be a ladder-climbing politician. And before the paint is dry, they say they're going to run for the U.S. Senate. Shame on you, establishment. What the heck were you thinking? You've got a patriot here that's run a business, that's a Christian author, that's got the fire in his belly to do what's right for one reason, because it's what we need. And that's why I reach out there and I shout out to the world saying, we must go back to our Constitution and our founding fathers' way of thinking, and that we need to protect the Second Amendment for a reason, because I've been to places in wartime zones where when people have all this power, they take away your rights to speech and religion, ladies and gentlemen. You don't give up on the Second Amendment. You focus instead on other things, such as health, mental health care, and protecting your schools, but don't touch my guns. See, I, I know there's people listening right now going probably, wow, that guy's speaking the truth. Yeah, but you know what? I don't have the wallet that these establishment elites have. Young Josh was doing $50,000 chicken dinners, and Camille and Claire doing fundraisers with President Obama in Beverly Hills last week. And me, I'm running around my truck in my Ford F-150. I quit my job. I'm all in. And I had a single mom who, who just gave me air refueling so the B-2 bomber could go further. You know how and why? She gave me $50, and she put on Facebook, I have never given money to a candidate. But Colonel Manetti has the things that we need. And that's what that just gives me so much passion to know that there's people out there that are so tired. And now I stand before you, and ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, I will start a movement in this country. Not only will we beat the establishment, young Josh, and then Camille and Claire, then I'm going to go after Mitch McConnell and say we don't want any more of these 33-year-old rhino Republicans that say one thing and do another. And I will fight for you and then other people that are businessmen and women. And patriots will rise up, and we will help them at the grassroots level by everyone giving 20 bucks. You imagine if everyone listening right now on your radio said, this guy deserves a chance. Let's put him where he needs to be to defend America again. 
That's why I will be your next U.S. senator, because the grassroots are taking our country back. I think we've seen a situation here, especially which was so shocking. And listen, Josh Hawley, people can have their comments about him or or talk about him or what have you and look at him as the establishment guy. But the reality is a lot of us just want everybody to have basically a fair shake. And part of the problem with our construct here, especially as it relates to the media and beyond, is that we, we why is it Tony Minetti and, and why is it Austin Peterson or even Cortland Sykes for that matter getting the kind of attention they should be getting from the news media? And, and how is it possible that whether it be the Post Dispatch or some of the other TV stations or whatever, how is it possible that they've suddenly decided for us that Josh Hawley is going to be the the nominee? And and that's what I think is frustrating for a lot of people. And for a guy like Tony Minetti to get his voice out there, Austin Peterson has done a great job with his people out there in terms of the passion on Twitter and everything else. Tony's out there too. But the bottom line is you will be, in my opinion, you, Austin, even Cortland for that matter, who's going to be on the show with us on Friday, you will be rewarded by the people who are out there passionate. This is a primary race. There are going to be people out there who are going to be working for you, getting out there, passionate about defeating Claire McCaskill, who, by the way, if you look at any poll out there, even the most recent one, is severely compromised going into this election. And so, you know, in my opinion, we've got a lot of really good people out there and I think she's definitely beatable. And I don't think you can say at this juncture that one person is able to beat her more than the other. And that's why I think it's important for you guys to get out there, get your name out there, get your positions out there, battle it out. And I, I, I completely think that one of the things that we're all fighting against is this idea that there's this uh, preconceived yeah. nominee. And that's just as infuriating to a lot of people, especially those of us who supported President Trump, Tony. Well, I'm so that is the right question, Jamie, and I'm hoping your listeners are listening to what you said. That is the right question. How is it that the Cortlands of the world that are patriots and the Austin Petersons that are true to their values and the Tony Minettis that want to you know, help do what, we, what I've already just said, how is it that we don't have that level playing field? Why are there these two sets of rules? That's what the listeners that are listening to you, and that's why I'm so grateful for the opportunity for us, the three of us, to present ourselves. You, you'll find that Austin, Corlin, and I are always very res- respectful and cordial to one another because we understand that we're true patriots and we're just doing this for the right reason and not with the establishment monies. So that is the right question, and I would like the listeners to ask themselves that question. And, and I'm, we're so grateful that we have the First Amendment and people like you that allow us the opportunity to hear our voice. And on Friday, I, I, th- I think you're going to have one of the next future senators they're going to be on your stage, uh, on that stage. Yeah, that's going to be a, that's going to be a ton of fun, and I, I do love the fact that you guys, uh, you and Austin and Cortland, basically have become kind of a even though you differ in a lot of different ways, as you pointed out earlier, that you all do present a fairly unified front on this matter. Uh, as it relates to fighting Claire McCaskill. And so I'm I'm glad to see that Josh Hawley is not going to be there on Friday. He had a previous commitment, and that's going to be great. 
uh, I guess, still for anybody who is a supporter of Benetti, Austin, or Cortland Sykes, because they're going to have just more of them uh, to hear from. And, of course, we're going to take questions from the audience. And, of course, we're going to have a panel there that will not, by the way, consist of people from 97.1 who decided to bail on the uh, event because I happen to be the MC. So, Tony, I know what it's like to be out there, buddy. <laughs> well, you keep doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, people aren't stupid. They know what's going on. And, and uh, you are entitled to uh, continue doing what you know best, and that is being uh, the ears and the voice of a lot of the people. And, and you have a gift, my friend, and you just stay strong. And, and there's other people uh, that realize, um, you know, that this, there's a lot of political correctness in the world, and we're just sick and tired of that, if you ask me. And that's why I'm glad we finally have a president that is trying to set the record straight and reversing eight years of Obamacare and, and, uh, and this political correctness gone amuck. Yeah. Uh, we need to go back to basics in this country, and it's called the Constitution and working hard and, uh, you know, give free market solutions a chance. And um, I think that you will be extremely successful with your new show. And, um, and I, will, I, for one, am honored that you allow me to come on, and I'd be honored to come on again if your listeners hey. are interested. I'm interested in hearing what your listeners want if they have questions, um, you know, far away, uh, so to speak. Yeah, any other questions out there? Uh, yeah, I mean, Ryan? you know, I think the. I mean, overall, if you were to poll the Facebook audience, I mean, most of them are, I, I will just say, as far as right now, um, it, it is, Josh is really not in the running of the, uh, of the Facebook audience. I'm just saying in the Facebook audience, I mean, they, they're really not uh, on the Josh side. Well, and part of that is because I think people just don't like being told who their person is before right. they've even considered it and before right. they went to the polls. And they certainly don't like being told by the Post-Dispatch or the Republican State Committee who the guy is going to be. So, you know, and, 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 and that's why it was kind of a, a little bit shocking to have President Trump when he came. Right. And that's why it was, we're so glad that Tony Minetti went to New York and said, hey, buddy, I'm here. And that's why we're so <laughs> glad that President Trump responded, yeah, buddy, now I know. Yeah. And I'm good. So, yeah. good. And hey, real quick, I just want to make sure to mention to the audience, uh, May 11th is this uh, debate. It is going to be held at Rockwood Summit High School, <laughs> High School, uh, 1780 Hawkins Road. So Rockwood Summit High School, 1780 Hawkins Road in Fenton, Missouri, 63026. Anybody can show up to this. Am I right, Jamie? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody can show up. Oh, yeah. Up no, it's going to be. It's going to be. Back to house. Oh, yeah. So what people want to know is, what can you do to help Missourians? You know, I've spent the last week uh, meeting with the World Trade Center organization. Uh, I met with the ambassador of the European Union. I met with commerce people. Uh, you know why? I'm already working like a senator, and I'm looking for infrastructure problems and jobs, jobs and jobs. Uh, I will be one of these senators that have already worked in plans to produce more for Missourians, and especially our farmers. I will be the champion of farmers to introduce new technologies and new innovative techniques to help them uh, be much more competitive. Because I don't know if a lot of listeners know, but 31% of uh, the rural areas have more uh, poverty than the uh, urban areas. And we need to do a better job as, as uh, senators to ensure that our people have jobs. Because to me, jobs is, is the key to uh, a lot of the problems we have. And, uh, and that's what people want, someone that's going to be a job maker and also, you know, constitutional conservative and someone that understands the fence. So 
you know, we, we need to elect leaders that are, that are focused in that area rather than talking about sex stories and about the governor. You know, I, for one, I've always been on record, and I want everybody to hear me loud and clear, that our governor has earned the Sixth Amendment and the right for due process. And, um, and if he's guilty, I got nothing for him. But if not, I voted for him, ladies and gentlemen. You know why? He's going up against the deep state, and he's going up against a lot of people that don't like what he's doing, too. So I say give him a fair trial. He's only got another month to go on this trial. And I don't understand why our young Josh, you know, the problem with young Josh is I question his judgment when he, when he tries to, you know, be judge and jury. I mean, most people are listening are going, yeah, that's right. What the heck is this guy thinking? Why isn't he not allowing due process? And I don't know about you, but that's bad judgment. Young Josh. I, I like you, it. He's picked, he's up, doing the he's Trump picked up on the Trump thing. thing. <laughs> I love it. Hey, hey, and, and, and I will tell you. Well, you know, Trump did teach me a lot. And I, I'm a fan of uh, President Trump because uh, he, he does a good job. And that's why I call Claire Chameleon Claire. Because Chameleon Claire, it just depends on, you know, what, you know, every six years you start talking about uh, how she's going to help veterans, you know. And, uh, and you'll see her in a cowboy hat one day, and the next time she's in Beverly Hills. She'll say that, oh, uh, we need to do tax cuts, but then she won't buy, vote for tax cuts. She says we need better judges, but she won't for, vote for Gorsuch, even though she, she was, uh, voted for him previously, but now not for the Supreme right. Court. I mean, we're so done with comedian politicians. Look, um, Senator Claire McCaskill, um, you you're, you're need to probably just look at uh, you know, different types of opportunities for you because we are taking our country back, and that's the message, Jamie. And listeners, we are so done with these politicians. We don't want any more lawyers replacing more lawyers. I say we give veterans, uh, those of us that are all about unity and taking an oath to God to defend this country against all enemies, foreign, domestic, an opportunity to serve again. And you will find that, uh, you know, there are people like me that are doing this for the right reasons. And and that's what we need right now. So can I ask you a quick question about the stealth bomber? Because I've been curious about that thing. So when you... First got into the Air Force, what did you what did you train in? Like what what did you fly before you popped into the stealth bomber? And then when you saw when you saw the stealth bomber and they go, Hey, uh, Colonel, you're gonna be flying this, what did you think? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call, man. I, many people don't know that it's it was harder to become a B two pilot than going to space program. I mean, there's more been more people in outer space that have flown the B two. Um, it is the most expensive aircraft ever built by man, $2 billion. I previously had a lot of experience in judgment. I had previously flown the B-52. Um, it's an eight-engine bomber. I flew it as a nuclear. I was sat nuclear alert during the Cold War. We should never forget there was a war against the Soviet Union at the time. And then I also flew 17 combat missions in Desert Storm, where I almost died on my first mission. And I'm a Christian author, and uh, I've written uh, by Daily Bread, and I then went on to be one of the very first selected to fly the B-1 supersonic bomber. I flew that for two years, and then I found this application that they were looking for one pilot from every base, basically. So all of the Air Force bases that flew bombers and fighters were allowed to submit one name and compete. I got the name nomination. Um, I then competed against eight other people where they flew us in a T-38, flew us in a B-2 simulator, and then interviewed with a one-star and a four-star general where they picked four of us. So it was extremely selective. And then they sent me to media training because, uh, you know, they knew that the B-2 was going to be the biggest deal ever yeah. made by our country. And uh, that's, that's a, a long answer, but the bottom line 
is we are extremely vetted. Uh, and I, for one, flew B-52s, B-1s, and B-2s. Not many, not many airmen in the Air Force that have flown all three bombers. And I did fly combat missions in the B-2, uh, where I was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross and, and uh, some other stuff. But Amazing. bottom line is... That's harder yeah, than getting into the cross. Senate. I mean, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, it really is, man. Yeah. And that's why I, <laughs> you're so <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> you cracked me up, but you're right. You know, uh, <laughs> it was harder for me to become a B-2 pilot than a U.S. senator. But, you know, this is a different animal because I'm going up against the establishment elite that are just – they think that uh, we're going to win with money. And it's true. We do need money to make a B-2 fly. But it's also a team that makes the B-2 fly. And that's why I'm counting on the American people to – come to my aid or Austin's or Cortland's. Uh, we, we need to, uh, you know, change the status quo, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I got to say. So oh. when you did fly, like, for instance, I, 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 I've never actually been up close next to a, a stealth bomber, so I don't really know what the relative size is. But I would imagine that going from flying a B-52 to flying a stealth bomber, if I look at just kind of the visual comparison, that's like going from driving a Ford F-150 <laughs> to a Fiat, isn't it? Uh, you're killing me, man, <laughs> but you're so right. You know what's funny is, I, remember, the, the B-52 is the airplanes I would fly, The by the way, they're called the buff, the big, ugly, fat fella, we'll say, uh, yeah, the buff, yeah, the B-52 yeah. buff, and uh, eight engines. All with like you know cables, and when you turn that airplane, you would literally turn it with a yoke, and then two seconds later it would turn. It was oh, like a delay. Wow. <laughs> Whereas the B two is all quad redundant, all fly by wire, extremely pitch sensitive. Air refueling is very hard to do in a B two. By the way, it's all like very small corrections. You just have to be a really good pilot to be honest with you. And and. Uh, so you're right. You know, we, we, I have like 10 TVs in the B-2 with, with all kinds of computers and information. You have to understand that in the B-2, the pilots are not only pilots, we're also radar navigators in electronic warfare. So we are able, we have the power at a fingertip to put the bomb on a target using synthetic aperture radars and literally uh, putting up to 16 or 80 weapons on target precision. So literally, we could take out an entire city, and before we take it out, uh, certain key buildings, I could actually expand, refine, and then designate where I want it. And if the enemy moves it, I have the power to move the target, expand it, refine, and then designate it, and then let the weapon fly. And, you know, it takes a lot of training and preparation and mental discipline and learning about all the threats out there. Like, we are experts on all of the threats that can shoot us down, to everything from AAA to strategic missiles to fighters and other stuff. Wow, dude. And so we memorize all these, you know, frequencies and, and, uh, and, and threats, and then we, we specialize in penetrating enemy air defenses. For example, I've studied certain key nations. I won't say what they are, of course. Um, I know what the real threats to America are, by the way, and they're not bathroom signs. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I focused on the real threats, and um, I, all I can tell you is, thank God we got President Trump. Because he knows he's he's got Mattis, who's awesome, yeah. who speaks slowly and carries a big old stick. <laughs> right on. Well, Tommy, yeah, that's why it's funny. He's called Mad Dog because he's actually really uh, not like a Mad Dog. He's more like a Buford Pusser. He just carries around his big old stick, and there he is. He's a, he's the new sheriff in town. So Tony, about the, about, with the, with the B two. So when you guys were, so is it really when it was called Stealth? So you guys really yeah. were basically. At the time, I don't know whether technology's improved now for these other guys, but 
Uh, at the yeah. time, they call it the stealth bomber because they really couldn't detect you, correct? Well, yeah, but, but the reason we're called the B-2 stealth, by the way, the call sign, you know, the B-52 is the buff, the, bone, the B-1 is the bone, the B-2 is the spirit. And it's because it's like a spirit. It's low observable. And when coupled with uh, tactics, um, you know, we as stealth bomber pilots will train extensively on how to maximize our strength while, while you know, uh, knowing where the enemy weaknesses are and then penetrating those key nodes. And as a result, uh, for example, on one of my combat missions that I went in with another uh, gentleman that's a fine man, he's a general now, um, we were, went in alone and unafraid. A lot of people don't know this story, but this is kind of a cool story you guys can hear. So bottom line is uh, they told us that the air war was canceled, and uh, we, we did a couple of air refuelings, the last one near Portugal, and then we, we simulated we were going back, and then we stealthed it up. We went what's called pen mode. It's called penetration mode. And when you hit pen mode, certain things happen I can't really talk about, but bottom line is become a lot more, you know, what you would think. Um, and then we navigate. Now I'm deep over enemy territory. I have what's called a TSD, a tactical situational display, so I could see what's looking at me or not, trying to find me. And then um, I see the target. We, we put it on the LAR. It's called launching in range. And then, boom, we release the weapons. And then, you know, the bombs come out. The GPS takes over. We close our weapon bay doors because when you have your weapon bay doors open, you're like, hello. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, and now they, they try to lock and shoot. And, uh, and my TSD lights up, you know, and, and uh, people are shooting at us. And bottom line is, um, uh, you know, wow. we, we obviously got out. And I remember air refueling a couple more times, landing, coming home, going up to my stairs. I'm turn on the TV and CNN says, Oh, the air war was canceled. The Navy launched Tomahawk against these specific targets, but it wasn't. It was me. I just dropped those bombs. <laughs> <laughs> and then my wife comes in and says, Tone, you mind going out and cutting the lawn? I just flew a 30-hour combat mission. I'm like, it's crazy. Well, so that's like, why... What the Missourians want to know is what can I do for Missourians? Yeah. And what I promise you I will do and is that I've already fought for you, uh, and I'm putting America first and Missouri always. That's, that's my mantra. Uh, that's my mission, and I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to fight for you, uh, you know, because you need a, or you need a warrior to, to take on the establishment of the deep state to help drain the swamp. So let's focus on uh, getting jobs and infrastructure jobs and helping farmers. You know, we're going to fix Missouri and a lot of the problems we have. We're already a great state, by the way, but we're going to be awesome because I'm working some plans where we're going to get a lot of um, opportunity and investments, especially in St. Louis. When I go to St. Louis – you know, I see so much opportunity. I see these factories that are closed that used to be open and thriving. Man, oh, man, I'm waiting until you see some of the plans that my team's coming up with, and we're working relationships. We're going to put people back to work, and now we're going to say, do we have enough workers? That's what I'm going to strive for, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. excited. Well, um, and, and, and I can't wait to represent you um, and, and use all my life experiences that have clearly prepared me for this moment in time. And it would be my privilege and honor if you go to Manetti for Senate to become part of the team. If you can, give $20 to our campaign. That's all I ask people. By the way, my average contribution is 100 bucks, just to give you an idea, you know. And these are people that are just want to, you know, uh, uh, help us out. And that's how we win. And then, you know, I believe that the three of us will ultimately, you know, realize right. that one of us needs idea, to go forward. You know? We'll see who that person that is. Wanna, you know, yeah, I will I not speak for out. Austin or Cordland. Uh, I can just speak for myself in knowing this, that the three of us, I believe, have the right heart and motive for doing this, and it's not for political purposes. Sincerely. No doubt. 
Yeah. I believe that. And, uh, and that's why I think it's important that you, you come to this debate and see who you think has the right skills, habits, and attitude to, that will defeat young Josh and then Camille and Claire. Right. I, for one, am ready. And I'll let the other two fine gentlemen speak for themselves, and, and then you, the people, will decide this race, not these establishment elites that get together and say, let's throw all our money behind this young guy. Yeah, well, you <laughs> he, guys— He doesn't have a chance, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I'm here to tell you, he doesn't. Uh, Claire's going to chew him up and spit him out. You guys will uh, all be speaking she's on— She's not going to have that problem with me. I'm, I'm ready to go to battle. Gotcha, buddy. <laughs> you guys will all be speaking there on Friday uh, at the debate. I encourage all of you to come out and also wear your Radio Free Almond gear i'll bring out a hat for you there tony okay i'd be honored and Colman i'm gonna Eddie. wear it on top of my maga truck <laughs> and and uh, you know we need to we need to continue to support not only your show but people like you and your team and, and i'll be, i for one will be honored to come back on after i went in the primary before and then after i beat chameleon claire yeah. well colonel <laughs> you know that, that's why i say even when you talked about your b2 uh stealth bomber stories I, all those stories the least they could have done was giving you one to take home and park in the driveway. I still don't understand why you weren't able to do that, but but you, you, sh- you should have been able to do it. But, but anyway, also on top of that, now we'll bring it full circle. As I told you, I opened the show here uh, that you uh, – here we are on the hill. You know, Tony Minetti and his family, they had an Italian restaurant. Is it still open there, by the way? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's called Minetti's. I've had it for 10 years. Um, I don't know if the listeners uh, ever heard of Sbarro's, S-B-A-R-R-O. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, so I used to work for Mr. Sbarro when he had one restaurant. He was the hardest working guy. He taught me the restaurant business. He called me a Shemonita, and anyone that's listening in the hill knows what Shemonita means, and I won't say that to you. <laughs> the translation is because he did not want me to go in the Air Force. He's like, why are you going in the Air Force? We're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, Mr. Sbarro, I, I want to fly jets for the United States Air Force. I can't help it, you know? And uh, I would watch his empire grow. When I retired, I started my own restaurant with, with my family, uh, Coleman Eddie's Pizzeria Ristorante. It's in Warrensburg. And we also have Colton Street Eatery, which is like American food. And, uh, you know, we do American, you know, a little piece of Americana, uh, breakfast and lunch. And then at dinner time, we go New York-style pizza and Italian food. And I tell you what, there's nothing like some – the people in the Midwest now have a chance to taste what real pizza tastes. Nothing not for nothing. Sarah's Pizza in St. Louis is awesome. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> Don't get it, me man. wrong. Yeah. I love St. Louis pizza, but there's nothing like New York-style pizza from Benetti's. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Well, we'll stop in when we ever get to Warrensburg. We appreciate it. And, and Tony, uh, Tony, thank you so much, by the way. One of the first people I heard from uh, when the whole debacle happened. And uh, Colonel Benetti, I really appreciate your friendship. Thank, thank you for you. thanks for calling into the show. Thanks for calling my me honor. right after everything happened. And I'll see you on hey, Friday, buddy. Honor. All right. It's called doing the right things. See, a lot of these people don't have that kind of integrity. They just hide and run. You know who your real friends are, you know. Um, um, and yeah. uh, I, for one, don't think you were treated for, uh, correctly, period, dot. Yeah. And well, that's why uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm one for free speech, you know, and I uh, think we're too politically correct sometimes. Everybody yeah. understands what you were trying to say. Let's be for real just, here. Yeah, you're right, and I, I so appreciate your support. But, you know, we're on to new, bigger, and better things, and uh, we appreciate you, and hopefully you're on to bigger and better things as well. And We'll see you on, on Friday, my friend. Yes, sir. All right. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you, you too. God bless you, too. Manettiforsenate.com. And, uh, well, well, you know, he, th- this guy has some energy, doesn't he? Yeah, love his energy. Definitely has a ton of energy. It was really cool to see all the comments coming through on that. I think people are going to be really interested to hear him at the debate, to hear, um, 
deeper hits on, on a lot of the issues. And, and again, guys, uh, Rockwood Summit High School, 1780 Hawkins Road in Fenton, Missouri, Friday, May 11th from 7 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. It is open to the public. It's this Friday. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have our uh, Radio Free Almond gear out there. Absolutely. And so we're going to have that available for you. And if you have it already and you are out there, please wear it. And it's interesting that – and the backstory, and I didn't want to get too involved with, sure. with, with Tony because I'm sure he's going to be on the air with a lot of different people. I want to give him all the opportunities yeah. available, so I don't want him to drag into the, some of the drama. Right. But it's interesting. We had, at one point, some people from 97.1 who were going to be on the panel, and I found out yesterday that they pulled out <laughs> because I'm the yeah. MC. I, it's just kind of like, really, people? I mean, isn't this what – aren't we really – what? We're, isn't what we're about is is being open and, you know, had had I been asked to be on the panel and somebody else from 97.1 was the MC, right. I, I'd gladly – I mean, I don't know. Aren't we all conservatives here? Aren't we supposed to be uh, yeah. kind of like – uh, this, uh, you know, uh, what what is the problem here with with all of us being together? Are we kind of? It's kind of like when you have uh, citywide beer, which is, by the way, a great beer and prominently displayed here at Gaslight. And I like it. I actually like the citywide pills. But anyway, so uh, but anyway, uh, pills beer, uh, pilsner. But anyway, so uh, like a, a citywide uh, is is more than happy to hang out with another beer person because right. they're all kind of in this together. They all share a great yeah. product, whatever. So presumably you'd want to be part of the operation regardless of who you're affiliated with because aren't we there and interested in moving on? And this is a major, majorly important race. Why would you opt out because of your, sim- your simple pettiness? Because I know for a fact that they do want to be attached to me because they're attaching themselves to my Facebook page. <laughs> It is interesting. By the way, let me tell, tell me about this related pages deal here, Ryan. So, How does this work? It depends. I mean, if it's a sponsored post um, and somebody, you know, the cool thing about Facebook, by the way, if you ever see a sponsored post, and you may even see one from Radio Free Allman, um, but if you ever see a sponsored post, you can click on any sponsored post on Facebook and find out. There's a little button at the top. And you click, why am I seeing this? And if you click that, it will actually tell you why you're seeing this. So it'll say you are being targeted because you like blank and it'll, it'll fill in the blank. It'll be a magazine or a radio show. So if you're ever curious, I won't dig in too deep, but if you're ever curious, if you see an ad and you're ever curious, why am I seeing this? Click on that and find out why you're being targeted. What have you liked? Why do they feel like you are the perfect audience for this? So just just do that. Well, but but about the related pages, because <laughs> right. I see some people who I haven't even talked well, to in the aftermath of this thing. How how does that work? Do you pay to be no, a related page? Not related pages. Related pages are um, are just that. It's basically saying that these two entities are so similar, you could easily be interested in both. No, but a sponsored post, yes, you I pay see. for that. So yeah. and you're so you're seeing some of that with with the old station. They're kind of like oh. Let's get on his well, because because the bottom line is we're we, well okay I, because I know you guys you guys are interested in 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 content 
and not drama. But right. but 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 some of you are interested in kind of the backstory because <laughs> yeah. you're still curious. I mean, let's put it this way: you're still curious about kind of the things that are going on and all the machinations about what's going on here. So the reality is there are. Some our numbers are just that big, and again, of course, as I said before, you guys aren't obsessed with numbers. We aren't really either. No. But the fact of the matter is, uh, anybody who thought that somehow this was going to be some operation running out of my basement uh, are sorely mistaken, and and will learn that if you haven't learned it already, that uh, it's more than just that kind of operation you fantasized about. I think what, and I know, I do think people care about this, but I think what's going to end up happening is, see, again, we talked about this the other day. We're a metered market, and there's what's called sweeps. You know, you guys will see this when you're driving on the highway and all the billboards are loaded with radio ads. That is because you are part of a sweeps. Okay, that's when the radio stations get their numbers, and those numbers are what they can sell ads based on, right? So I think what's going to happen in the News Talk Network is when the next sweeps come around, you will, or the stations will, see a major dip. I know this because I can see our numbers because we don't have to wait till sweeps. We're digital now. They will see their numbers tanked by a lot, especially on their morning drives. Uh, Because at the end of the day, you guys that are watching this by Facebook or listening to the stream... Uh, you are not a, what do they call it? The silent? Uh, well, no, you are the silent majority. Yes. Yes. You're, and, you're, and you're the engaged ones, too. Yeah. And, and, and uh, we were thinking, too, that, well, this will be what's happening. Some people will not be told about that, no. when, that when they are presented with information. In fact, there's a strong likelihood that I will still be alive, so to speak, oh. when they present their numbers to some no people because it. they'll be using old ones, yes. not new ones. That's kind of how, how that works. Updating for you. And we, you know, come on. I mean, listen. We're very proud of what we've built here. Yeah. And, and so if we sound like we're somehow bragging whatever, I, I don't mean to come across that way because I don't ever want to be boastful or no. prideful. But I do want to let you guys know that you know you are part of a movement that we fought really hard to preserve. And so we had maybe about, what was it, all of three weeks that I was <laughs> off of morning airwaves. Yeah. And, and and that's what we wanted to make sure happened is because we, we were doing this it really essentially not only for Jamie Allman or whatever, but because we had a family. We had a group. We had a movement. We had a show. We had a vibe. We had a purpose. And all those things, we were hell-bent on making sure that we – preserved and 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 held on to and we fought really hard for it ryan jaycox has done a fantastic job in helping me brand this and do this and get this going i've had other help from folks uh and it's been really some folks who who actually i I, see see, a couple people from a place i really can't talk about them because they're they're from a well uh it's nothing weird or anything it's just that 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 they're they're actually inside of an organization that um, well, one person. She's been my kind of my guru, uh, but she's from a uh, place that you would not really it think would seem was based odd. on the news. Yeah. 
but she's been really right. a, a, a huge uh, trusting uh, and trustworthy resource of mine for this as as a guru, as kind of a bounce back and forth, and has been helping Ryan and I, and so it's been it's been fan, fan, fantastic. So we've had a lot of people involved in this, and of course our families, our very patient families as well. <laughs> so last night I'm on the phone. Ryan has a, a drop dead bedtime of ten fifteen, according to Kelly. <laughs> So I'm sitting there in the uh, Walmart parking lot talking to him on the phone. And the reason why I'm in the Walmart parking lot and, – and by the way, people, if you've never seen a baby sleeping in a shopping cart, I encourage you to go to Walmart at 10.15 or 10.30 in the evening and you will see that and more. See, my Walmart smells like popcorn and rubber flip-flops. <laughs> and that's basically how a Walmart smells. And it that's just the way it is. Yeah. No offense to Walmart. I go there for a lot of things. Same. I didn't really know they had as much food as they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do know they have meat. But sometimes the meat is for, like from Mexico. And I'm sorry, I'm not buying meat from Mexico. Okay? If, it, if, I, if I'm buying meat from someplace... And it is in a foreign language. The chances of me buying said meat are probably pretty minimal. So I'm not going to go there because if I can't read it, I'm not buying it. So I'm sitting in the parking lot with with, talking to Ryan about some things because you know, (laughs) and of course the clock ticks past ten fifteen, and I'm going to the Walmart because I'm going to Walmart to buy a seventy foot Ethernet cable. (laughs) Okay, just just so you guys know that we're all part of this operation. There's there's nobody who is above having to do stuff and things like that. And Matt is here at the crack of dawn, five a.m., getting everything ready to go from Gaslight. So he's you know we're all kind of we're all a team. And so I'm not going to say, well, have somebody else. I mean, I went to Walmart ten thirty at night. I'm proud to say, and picked up the last. By the way. <laughs> The last oh, really? 70 foot There was another in. guy that came in right before you. It was like, oh man, there's two left. I know. <laughs> this, was the, this was the only one that was, I mean, it was 70 foot ether. And that, that was the, the, I bought the last one. But I'm in the parking lot just talking over some stuff with, uh, with Ryan. And of course, uh, he's like, okay. So I had to tell him to uh, please uh, tell Kelly, I apologize. I've taken she you forgave. five minutes past the ten fifteen mark. She so, forgave you. Yeah, of course. It was instantaneous forgiveness. Yes, no doubt. Yeah. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, if you haven't heard already, we talked about this right before we got to Tony. Uh, as of 7.30 in the morning, President Trump uh, tweeting out, I am pleased to inform you, and I told you this right at the top of the show, that this was happening while you were sleeping, that Pompeo was over there in North Korea. The chances were good that he was going to be coming back with three uh, hostages and that I actually didn't really know were there, which is kind of a problem in itself. But right. anyway, I'm pleased to inform you that Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is in the air on his way back from North Korea with the three wonderful gentlemen that everyone is looking so forward to meeting. They seem to be in good health. Also, good meeting with Kim Jong-un. Date and place set. So, wow. Wow. This is going to drive people crazy. How are they going to report on this? Because I'm, I always love to watch how the media is going to somehow yeah. pick out something right. wrong with this. Or I, I don't know. But predictably, just like they did yesterday when they lied about gas prices and the, and the Iran nuke deal. Is they, this close? I, again, I was young during this, guys. I'm a millennial. Is this close to Reagan's tear down that wall kind of moment? I mean, is it anywhere close? I mean, I see correlations of... This is a massive moment for Trump and 
North and South Korea? Um, most definitely, because I, I think in a different in a different way. Because Kim, for so long, we've had Republicans and Democrats. Basically, when Kim Jong Un or his father or right. somebody raised hell, we'd say, "Okay, how much money do you need?" Uh, okay, this much. Okay, yeah. here's your, here's your check. And yet, all that did was embolden them and create this kind of nuclear threat to the point where Kim Jong Un finally got to the point where he actually was physically threatening us uh, with harm. And at that point, yeah, I mean, f- yeah. F- from this standpoint, from protecting us, protecting our allies and everything else, this is a huge development when it comes to. Th- keep in mind, President Trump was the guy that everybody said was going to take office and he couldn't be trusted with the nuclear button mm-hmm. or whatever it is, because actually there isn't one. But right. No, he couldn't be trusted with the nuclear button. And and this is the same, this guy, and, and now will he get the Nobel Peace Prize from all of this? He should. He should. Because this... It, it, Agreed. This is, I can pretty much tell you, this is peace. I mean, it's it's, it's more peace than Obama gave us. This is enormous. I mean, Obama just said, I kind of like peace. And they're like, here's your prize. <laughs> yeah. It's the, everybody gets a trophy. I've always been a fan of peace. It's like, oh, well, then you should have the Nobel Peace Prize then, shouldn't you? And so they gave him that for, for, for basically doing nothing. <laughs> so you'd think that he would, you know, at some point, you know, be in a situation where he could actually pull that off and, and be able to win this. Uh, this it uh, is modern world. day tear down that wall, really. But does he really? And, and my question was when we talked about this before: Does President Trump really, really need the he Nobel? Care. Is that going to right? Exactly. I mean, I think maybe he kind of does personally. Yeah. But for those of us who support him, we don't need accolades from the Nobel people no. any more than we need accolades from NBC News. It's kind of no. like you know what? Uh, whatever you want, you go ahead and take it, and boom, you're, he'd yeah. get that thing and be like, "This thing needs to be plated in gold." <laughs> <laughs> He'd get it and be like, "What is this?" Yeah, I think it, I think it would be would be fantastic though. So anyway, uh, great uh, development this morning uh, when it comes to uh, what Mike uh, Pompeo did and back from North Korea. And I guess that they'll it'll be interesting to see this morning. I don't know how long it takes to get back from North Korea, <laughs> but I'm imagining this afternoon uh, there will be a pretty big. Uh, Pretty good big ceremony. Yeah, Trump said that he's news. going to be greeting them personally on Thursday. Oh, wow. Yeah, he just tweeted that. He will be personally greeting the three day. De- uh, the three- oh, they're going to be at 2 a.m. It's going to be, yeah. it's gonna be uh, t- t- tomorrow morning yeah. at 2 in the morning. Personally greeting them. Oh, good. Fantastic. Very cool. It's going to be great to see. We'll see how it gets covered. But nonetheless, do we care? Because we're going to cover it. Yep. You're going to cover it. That's going to be the deal. So, uh, by the way... Remember I was talking about that giant thing that kind of looks like a mosquito? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. I've, 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 I've drawn some conclusions about this thing because, because you guys all know that there are these things that look like giant mosquitoes, and that's what people call them. They call them giant mosquitoes, even though they're really not giant mosquitoes. And I was – and I don't know – like the one I had Monday morning, or actually Sunday night, just popped out of nowhere on the kitchen counter. I didn't even know how, you know. And, and, it, and, and these things are gigantic, They're okay? Big. And, and I was thinking to myself, and I had a conversation with somebody about this, and I was like, you know, it's interesting. This must be like really kind of one of God's little playful jokes or something, <laughs> because he creates this thing 
that really doesn't do anything. Like at least mosquitoes like suck your blood and do all that kind of stuff. Like they, they, they do like they, they have some kind of job. There's a value that they do. But this giant lumbering thing, whatever it is, and, and the, let me tell you something. No one has been able to, whether it be on Facebook or anything else, describe what this thing is. But but it flies, but it doesn't fly very well either. So so very so top heavy. So God created this gigantic lumbering thing that comes out of nowhere because I've never seen one fly into the house. Like how in the hell do they are they, they are they in. are they born out of the floorboards or something? Because that's such a so in in, in many ways it is really kind of a miraculous mystery of this thing that is looks like a giant mosquito and it's a giant insect but it can't stay in the air very long <laughs> and yet you can't kill it because it's in the air you go and grab your kid's flip-flop because you're not going to use yours and you you're going to smash it and, and and then but but then you look for it and it's gone <laughs> And it doesn't appear again. It's like, well, how did you disappear? You're gigantic. You can't fly very well. Certainly, because the minute they fly up, they start to sink down and drop to the floor. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Is there somebody saying something about it? Because you're looking like, at your phone. Well, because I'm on the Facebook Live and somebody else agreed with me. They're like, they're mosquito eaters. See, I told okay, you Okay, so they do Monday. eat mosquitoes? Well, this is not Or confirmed. is that just a fantasy? It could be a fa- okay. It could be your snake, milk-eating snakes fantasy. They drink. Drinking. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the milk snake? Well, there is a milk snake. Yes, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the fabulous milk snake. But it is not attaching to the udders. <laughs> no, it, 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 it actually doesn't do that. We, I, I'm, I'm, I'm granting you that. By the way, did you see that? Uh, did you ever see the movie A, A Wrinkle in Time? No. Yeah, it's, it's got Oprah in it. I'm not an Oprah fan. Well, it barely lost like a huge amount of. Uh, of audience for whatever reason, really? Uh, yeah, they, 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 they like lost a hundred million dollars, and I heard it was a pretty good movie. But yeah, it did kind of have Oprah in it, and Oprah, of course, you know, she was in uh, the color purple, right? Yeah. So she'd like come across as like you know, and Oprah's one of those people like in the movies. Like I've always kind of said. Wow, it's pretty cool that she's kind of a self-made. I remember when she was yeah. in Chicago TV. I get all that. She's not really particularly menacing to me. But anyway, but but people think I'm sure that people thought because it was Oprah, right? She was I'm Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. And what was she dressed as? Like a uh, like a oh, some I kind of like picture. queen or something? Yeah. <laughs> it's just great. Probably was going to work out. She's kind of got that Morgan Freeman thing going for her. Hi, because, this is Morgan Freeman. Because every time Morgan, Has anyone ever said... Morgan you, Freeman, every time I open my mouth, people want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> With a picture of health. And Oprah's kind of like healthy, that, you know. And you feel fine. But that may not be the full picture. Yeah, that's uh, the Morgan Freeman vibe going there with Oprah. All right, so we are Facebook living. Hello, yeah. everybody. Yeah. I love this studio. I know it is good. This is so cool. People think this is the coolest vibe. And a lot of people listening on Facebook, correct? And yeah. Oh, so, gosh, so, yeah. So, so we had a lot of people who were streaming and then also actually watching the show kind of on Facebook. And that's how, the, that's how they're doing it. And that's the intention. That's our, that is the intention of Radio Free Element is that it is digital on all spectrums. So it doesn't matter how you absorb 
Radio yes. Free Almond. Yes, and, and and it's really cool. Even though you're not hearing it directly through the microphones, eventually we'll get to that we point. Will. And then I think tomorrow we're going to do a little experiment. We're going to take phone calls from people. And and so I mean, I know you're like, oh, you're acting like you just discovered, <laughs> yeah, like electricity. <laughs> but no, the, the but but again, you, you guys know how hard it is sometimes in these situations. So eventually, because we love the feedback on Facebook, because it's really kind of worked out really well for us. Uh, and love the feedback just in general that you guys are giving us. I'm going to take some time today to kind of feedback to you because I feel like I haven't really kind of clicked on my hearts enough because, you know, I'm a lover, not a fighter, and I haven't been able to do that, but I want to do that for you and kind of so you know I'm I'm seeing what you're, what you're writing. We're just so busy with stuff and getting things up and running, and so we're going to eventually get the system in place where we're going to be able to take phone calls we're going to do that tomorrow. We're about uh, countdown 10 days from the actual official app, correct? Oh, I cannot wait. Yes, like 10 days until the app. I'm telling you guys, for everybody who may be having trouble with the web app, because I understand it's it's web-based, so it's it's um, it's not as stable as we would like it. Uh, but we wanted to get out back on the air, so I cannot wait to get the app. It's going to make everything so much more stable. Your listening experience will be so much better. So we really appreciate you bearing yeah. with what yeah. it is. And you know, and we fixed a little bit. We had, we had some volume issues. And, yeah. stuff, and, and the streaming app, sometimes it'll stop, blah, blah, blah. But people have had a great deal of success. I mean, we have a couple of glitches here and there, and we try to address things as easily as possible. But the fact of the matter is uh, Radio Free Almond is up, running, and just... Uh, going gangbusters. And the guests already. I mean, it's so cool. The guests that we've been having on, I mean, it is, it is, and everybody, even the guests will report back to, to you and say far better. They're able to actually have a conversation with you. Doug Giles got to the point where he texted me yesterday. He said, buddy, you are really on to something. I can't wait to partner more with you with Clash Daily. And we are... You guys bought apparently a ton of the rules for radical Christians books, uh, which is great. And I think he appreciated that. And speaking of Doug Giles, we are going to try to come up with a, a book signing visit of yep. his. Uh, we're going to bring him up from Texas here. And, and uh, Matt and JB from Gaslight had a great idea. And what we'll probably end up doing is we'll bring him here yep. uh, to Gaslight. We'll have a little party in the bar out there and everything, book signing and all that kind of stuff. And then if you go to are, – are we at Gaslight STL yet still? Okay, GaslightSTL.com, which is up and running. And you can see some of the videos and things from the Gaslight sessions, which are music sessions, that are in a studio, in the same studio where we are. Because you can see the studio. This is this carpet and everything else. This is where they do most of these performances. And so what, what uh, Matt had this idea that, that, that it'd be great to have him here. Uh, we'll do the book signing, all that kind of thing, and then have Doug. They'll do a video where Doug is reading yeah. excerpts from his book, and yeah. they do great video production here. And he'll read excerpts from his book, whatever, and then we'll post the video up, and you guys can see that. So it'll be just a big extravaganza. So Doug is very excited. You guys love him, and the guy's a stitch. So yeah. it's, it's it's great. It's going to be fun, and that's what that's one of the reasons why you you liked it here because it, it lends itself to being able to do stuff like that. We're at a radio station. We wouldn't be able to do that. And and let me tell you something. This kind of goes full circle. And I guess I can, I can, I can, I can tell you about this. This how we came about 
coming here. And this, it's kind of a fascinating story, Ryan, to the degree that it's an outgrowth of that terrible Tuesday night <laughs> yes. where, uh, and, and it, where, where it, was, it was both terrible and beautiful. And if you don't mind me indulging you in the story here, because I think it's, it's kind of cool that you're able to hear this story. Um, so it was about 5.15 on Tuesday, the 9th of April. I am heading in to get ready for my nephew's confirmation. I was his confirmation sponsor, and I was very proud to be so for Jacob. And I was his confirmation sponsor, and so I was driving back home to get ready to go to church uh, at a Macalada and be his confirmation sponsor for this confirmation uh, uh, mass. Right. And so it's 5.15, and I get a phone call from my market manager at the time, Becky, who basically says, well... Hi, listen, bad. this is after I've been, I've been waiting all day for some kind of phone call about my fate, where I had spent the night before, okay, I had spent the night before, uh, first of all, they wanted me, I had to write some contrite letter to the CEO, where I pointed out, this is me having to kind of, at that point, beg for my job, even though these guys had no authority to get rid of me. Uh, I still had to go through the motions of, and, and we'll point that out in our and, and are pointing it out in our lawsuit. But anyway, so I'm writing this contrite letter pointing out that I actually had uh, some that I, that I uh, actually said nice things about David right. Hogg more often than not. And in fact, I had to I had to I pointed out instance after instance. I was able to enumerate every instance and point out that there were tapes and everything else that prove that really I've never said really hardly anything right. negative about David Hogg. In fact, I said the exact opposite and talked about how I thought people ought to be careful because, you know, uh, you don't want to simply personally attack somebody. If you have issues with his gun stance, that's perfectly okay. And you should, you should definitely be in a situation where you uh, make that known because he's out there, you're out there, you have every right to kind of state your opinion about the Second right. Amendment because he certainly is, and that's okay. He put himself out there. Uh, and I said, be careful about attacking him personally, that kind of stuff. And in fact, I even, I even, even said that I was impressed with the movement because I kind of was. I mean, that was right. the whole movement. And I was also impressed with his 4.2 grade point average. Yeah. Like I went kind of on and on about that. I was like, I didn't, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a 4.2 because I'm like a 2.6 guy. Same year. I you barely know? graduated. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally know. So I, I could, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, um, I think that's pretty cool. This yeah. kid, he's a smart kid and, and I have no room to talk because I'm, I'm a 2.6er, as they say. I wouldn't put that as a bumper sticker on my car, 2.6. <laughs> my son but is But I'm, a... I'm a 2, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I should have a sticker that. I was a lot dumber than your son in high school. <laughs> no, I never made the honor roll in high school. <laughs> Proud parent of a never honor roller. <laughs> right, exactly. But, but, but no, so, so I said, like, I, I was actually, and, and even the night, uh, the night that I did the tweet, I was promoting the fact, really, that I was going to go and do a, and it was a facetious remark, because the next day I, I, I unveiled a documentary about David Haw uh, that involved him 
that where he was F-bombing everybody. Yeah. But even then I pointed out that I felt like he was lured into cussing because the people he was with were cussing. They were adults who were like, what the F did you think about that? And he goes, and then, then of course, I knew, I saw the floodgates opening because with younger, impressionable people, right. you can, you, that's how kids sometimes respond. Once an adult starts speaking in a certain fashion, right. they start speaking with no uh, doubt. as well. It's kind of like when you're, at a, when you're down in Texas at a gas station and some guy's talking Y'all. Southern, you're kind of like, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, so, um, so I had to write this stupid letter to the, to the CEO, okay? The next morning I get a phone call and uh, I'm told at that point, okay, so do you have those tapes? I go, well, they all do at the station. You know, yeah. uh, and, and and then actually they did compile them, and those are those are all in the possession of the people over at ninety seven one of me saying positive things about it. Okay, so anyway, uh, that so that Monday night, so so then then th- th- so I had to go through that rigmarole in the morning, and then suddenly back and forth, phone calling here and there, and then suddenly it goes dark the rest of the day. And I'm wondering, I wonder what's going on. Are they just going to suspend me and bring me back or what's going to happen? And then once people stopped actually, then, then people stopped returning, my, like answering my phone calls. You're like, okay. Pretty much all it's day. Like, yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, it's well, like I'm going to be. girlfriend Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, yeah. I, 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 I kind of think what's going on, in this, but I'm waiting to hear what their decision is. Uh, meanwhile, while I'm doing that, they're typing up whatever documents they yeah. want me to sign with their little fake Intercom Missouri LLC thing, which actually wasn't a registered company at the time, which is actually is a crime. But anyway, we'll settle that thing. But nonetheless, so um, then I get the phone call. It's 515. I get the phone call, and it's Becky, and then she patches me into human resources. <laughs> What is the human resources name? Kelly? Noreen. Noreen Kelly thinks that's the funniest thing ever. Noreen. Well, it's not as funny as how she talked to me, which is, hi, Jamie, this is Noreen, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I just, I, well, actually, Becky, Becky first said, you know, and Becky's just, I, 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 she's a sweet woman, and, and, and I, I, I had a ton of, have a ton of respect for her. I don't like the way that all those people sure. handle things, but nonetheless. Uh, so she's, you know... She's, I'm sorry, you know, we're going to separate. I, don't, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was kind of like, oh, okay. Let me patch you into Noreen. And oh, <laughs> so she patches me into Noreen. So I'm talking to Noreen in human. We've got this wonderful severance package for you. And it's, well, we could fire you for cause, uh, but we're going to, allow you to, uh, we're going to give you a severance package, a small non-compete, but it's a very, it's a very generous severance package. And we just would, um, uh, we're going to try to send it to you. And, 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 and if you just give me an email to send it to, I go, well, you can send it to my, uh, to my, uh, to my company mail. Because that's the that's makes sense. Well, it not only makes sense; it's in my contract as to how you're going to deliver anything like that to my company email. Okay. But see, at the time I'm talking to her at five fifteen, they have they had since locked me out of my email. Right. So they they shut down the email. So no, and so she's like, I'm like, well, you can send it to my company email. Well, no, we'd prefer to send it to your private email. I go, well, I really don't have a private email. I mean, I just use my company email. I really don't have a private email address, really. Right. 
I guess I can come up with one later, but I'm on my way to my nephew's confirmation. I really, right. uh, I, mean, I, I can't do anything tonight re- about this until I, at least until I get home or something. And like, well, we do have to talk to the media, and we just would like to know what your choice is of what you want us to tell them. <laughs> Do you want to say that we parted ways or that you resigned, whatever? What, what would you prefer? We tell them, I'm going, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't really, I can't answer that. Right? Yeah. I, haven't even, I haven't seen any documents or anything. Right. I haven't seen anything yet. Um, so at that point, I'm thinking, okay, uh, so I go in to, to change, sure. you know, and, and, and tell uh, Andrea that, that basically that's, what, that's what's happening and, and this is all going on. And then I'm like thinking to myself the whole time, I go, these guys want me to end my show. Right. Because they don't have the balls to do it themselves. So they, so they want me to, to do this. Yeah. And they think that if they just give me a certain le- amount of money, I'll lie to people about the circumstances surrounding my departure from there. And I'm thinking, nah, I'm not, I got to look at this thing and figure this out. And I haven't even gotten anything in, in, you know, and and of course, legally, you have 21 days to look over your agreement, whatever. It's 21 days legally, okay? So they gave me like, they wanted me to get back to them in like a half hour. I go, I, to tell them how they're going to talk to the media about I go, I can't tell you anything about this. So by the way, this is a story about how we came to the studio, so bear with me. So anyway, <laughs> I, um, then I, then I, I go ahead to the, to the confirmation. Right. And all of you have, I'm, forgive me if you've heard the story already, but I go to the confirmation. I keep my phone in my car, and... And, and I'm not going to take my phone into a confirmation mass right. with my Makes nephew, sense. you know. And, and so I put the phone in my car, and then I come out, and I see a couple of key text messages. One is at 651, uh, and and that is from Becky saying, hey, we really need an answer about what you want to do because we uh, – media inquire, whatever. You need an answer about what you're going to do. And then – and, of course, that's taking place. That text comes over while it's sitting on my car – the seat of my car, right. and I'm in mass, so I didn't see it. Obviously, then it's then there's a text at 7:21 from some dude at Channel Five, and they said Entercom contacted us. Sorry about their decision. <laughs> You're like, what? That's at 7:21. Now keep in mind, I'm in the confirmation mass yeah. through you know eight o'clock and right. after at least. So uh, that that so I had no idea what was going on here. They 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 just were handle this as if this world of pressure was on them by the 300 twitter bots and i i had i had 21 days to give them an answer basically if i wanted to but nonetheless uh they didn't care about that and that's to their peril but nonetheless the the long and short of it so i'm i'm at the confirmation mass and there's a a guy i know uh who is a great guy jeff losey is in there because he has relative. He has people being confirmed too. He's in the in, and and he and he told me he goes. I was, I I saw you walk in with your with with Jacob, and at that time that was Tuesday night. So the Monday prior was when 
the Washington Post, for instance, right. put in a big headline that they since removed. In fact, they removed it like 15 minutes after they put it up, but not soon enough because I screenshotted it right away. These were the same people who said that I threatened to sexually assault David Hogg. So that's in the news regarding Channel 30 and everything else. So that's in the headlines. So by then, the news was circulating about Channel 30 and the Almond Report and everything else. And so by then, it was public information. And then I wasn't on the air Tuesday morning because technically I had been suspended pending their investigation, which was pending them typing up my separation papers. So uh, they, they, they basically then so, – so by then, the news was out there, so kind of everybody knew who cared. So Jeff's in the, in the, in the pews there while this is going on. And he hears people as I'm walking in. Yeah. And, and, pe- and by the way, people at Immaculata, I, I think it's a lovely church. The people there are lovely people. So I'm not, this is not a sure. comment on yeah. the parish itself right. or the people. I don't even know who these people were. All I'm saying is Jeff like, heard these people kind of snickering, you know. Okay. And, and you know, doing, sure. doing, doing whatever mean people generally do, do you know. Uh, <laughs> and by in, the way, in a church. And by there's, the way. There, by the um, way, there's mean people everywhere. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't even know. These people might have just been relatives right. or somebody. So, so, and not even, so I'm not making a comment about the, the parish at all. But anyway, Jeff is a, is a parishioner there, and he was there. And um, so Jeff heard all that. This is him recounting this to me later on. So I saw Jeff. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, anyway, but, but then later on, uh, after all of this happened, on and then, then ultimately when it was news that was gone from, from the radio, uh, Jeff Facebook messaged me. And, and Facebook messaged me, even though I, I'm not a friend of his on Facebook, because I, I, I just had we hadn't come sure. around to that yet. Um, and he Facebook messaged me on the other message. Like you can message people, but it, it's back. It's kind of back in the right. It's another file or whatever it is. And I don't know why I checked it at the time, but I did. And there's Jeff Losey saying, "Hey man, if you need a place to do any kind of uh, podcasting or whatever, uh, I have a great place for you. Uh, I got a friend down at a place called Gaslight. His name is JB, and." And they could they have a beautiful studio down there, and they could set you up and do all this kind of thing. And so that's had I not been, and, and that's why oh, that's as interesting, as crazy of a night as that was. And I told uh, Jacob's parents, I said, you know, it truly was really a a a, a godsend. Sure, I mean, literally, really, because had I not. Been in the throes of that confirmation. Had not been there with Jacob, Jeff would have never seen sure. me. Jeff would have never yeah. heard these people. Jeff would have never, maybe even set me up with, uh, with JB down here at Gaslight, and we would have never actually been here in what is essentially a perfect place for us to bring back to 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 build Radio Free Almond right. and, and be able to broadcast to all of you. So that's how we got here. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it's an outgrowth of the very night that actually truly got us here, which was the night <laughs> it's, that it's irony, right? That that, yeah. that my company m- on multiple levels breached my contract. So you know that's how that happened. It's kind of crazy how that comes full circle. But that's why well, we're here. And we talked about that even with social media the other day. We were like, well, it was social media technically, if you could say this that caused the whole debacle because it was on social media where this played out 
And yet it was also social media that has brought this all back right. together. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's, so it's, it's kind of crazy yeah. how we were able, we were able to, uh, and, and by the way, our social media and our people are real people and yes. we will, we will <laughs> ultimately, uh, prove, and this will be in a very public way that most of the Twitter people and those kind of things were actually just fake. Yeah. And, 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 and that's and Rush Limbaugh at one point was able to prove that uh, in, yep. a, in a similar case that he had. Uh, and they were just they were just fake. This was this was yep. not a truly organic uh, deal. And in fact, we will be also accessing the signatures of the National Action Network, which claim they had a bunch of signatures. We will be accessing those. But contrary to what their whole fakery was, ours is real. And Very our real. followers and our following is real. Our touches, our interactions, they are real, thanks to all of you who are out there. So it was kind of a long way to go for the story. No, it's cool. But it's people just pe- yeah. but, but people kind of want to know. And, and some of you uh, who might not be on Facebook haven't even seen me tell the story or heard me tell the story. So I wanted to make sure I was able to kind of convey no, that to you. important. In other church news, <laughs> did you see Rihanna? She was at the, yes. the, this, uh, this Met Ball, right? Uh, it, it, it was the Costume Institute's exhibit. Um, and, and so you saw Rihanna wearing a, uh, like oh, a it's, papal, it's, it's called a miter, right? Okay. Oh, see, you are good at this stuff. Well, I'm Catholic, so I'm, I kind of know what those are. Okay. But you know what? I mean, but but even even Episcopal uh, yeah. uh, people use, Episcopal use the miter. people. <laughs> well, I mean, what I mean is like the Episcopal yeah. bishop has one of those yeah. too, you know. Um, <laughs> someday it's funny because 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 you know, um, the, the, it, I I love how I love because uh, I think it's kind of hilarious because I I can totally see the point of people who are not Catholic when they see kind of all this stuff yeah, yeah. because 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 I because I totally appreciate that perspective. Because to tell you the truth, and, and again, this is, and again, I, I, I don't know what Ryan's opinion is about this, but I'll, I'll just pretend, because I don't want to ask you, but if, if you talk to other people who might be in other denominations, sure. when they see somebody wandering around in these gigantic big hats and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and pink slippers and gigantic robes and wandering around, they're kind of mystified by it, because it's like, um... That's kind of because it's not it's, it's they're not it's not what they do. So I always I always I, I, I take it with a great sense of humor how some people outside of the Catholic Church oh, like, look at what's what going the on. Heck <laughs> is this? I know. I mean, part of me I like it. You know, I I like pizzazz. Yeah, as yeah. You like to say. Well, it's kind of like how I as cat as a Catholic, one of my one of the things I love watching. Like one day I was watching television. And I'm clicking through. Of course, it's always on my way to watch baseball highlights, but I stop at something I like. So I, then I, sure. I never get to the baseball highlights usually. <laughs> so I'm looking at something else. So I um, was watching. I ran across a because uh, I, I like I like watching televangelists. I like watching Same. these big churches. I, I I really do. I love it when they when they have music. Same. And Jimmy Swaggart was like one yeah. of my favorites. Oh yeah. And so I I really love it because because I love the passion and the energy, hundred percent, and the positivity. Yep. I love that. So I I like Joel Osteen. I love watching him. Oh, Jesse Duplantis. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Pastor Craig. Yeah. And and it's Nicole, right? Nicole okay. and Dave. Okay, yeah. Dave. And so I'm I flip around and I'm I'm I I stop on one of the channels, yeah, and it, it's it's uh, I guess it's the Faith Church channel, right? Yeah, well, or uh, is it? A... No, we, he's on ABC Thirty. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, so so okay, it's Channel Thirty. Yeah, oh, okay, so I'm I'm watching Nicole uh, doing her uh, uh, ministry. Yeah, and I'm like I'm like watch, and I didn't at first know it was. I've met her before, but yeah. I didn't actually know exactly it was her. I'm going, wow, this is fast, and I sat there and I must have watched that for an hour. <laughs> And, and then, of yeah. course, then, then then they put her name up there, and I, then I knew it was Nicole. And then David came on uh, with 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 a little video afterwards, sure. everything else. And so I, so to me, you know, I love to watch other faiths in action. Yeah, I, I just yeah. I like to I like the whole We're vibe it together. And I particularly like to watch. I, I get a lot out of watching these uh, these yeah. these uh, events. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I've always loved it. Even from the time when I was younger and before church, uh, they'd have back in the day, Ryan. I know you're younger, <laughs> but back in the old days, they had basically you'd watch uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle and Fractured Fairy Tales on I Sunday morning. That okay, but but then Rocky. they also had then they also had on like Channel Eleven or whatever. They had uh, the if you were if they had if you were watching wrestling at the chase you were late for work you for church yeah because that was on like at 11 or something yeah. you shouldn't be you should, that's where you should already have your butt in church so if you if, if by the time wrestling at the chase you're came in on, trouble you're, you're in trouble <laughs> but but before that then they used to have these they, they you know though they don't really have too many of these anymore but they had the you know the, the family gospel groups oh uh, yeah know. oh gosh uh, and yeah. that's what they yeah. had on the yeah. on the uh tv at yeah. the time and i loved watching these family gospel singers yeah. i think it's larry like rice still puts those yeah. people on tv yeah yeah, yeah. so i kind of like watching them yeah. i mean it was, it was, it was, i don't know i just i've always been fascinated by other other faiths and 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 uh, so some I, of these have, dresses were a little risque on this uh met gala listen to me but no but here's the thing though what I was originally getting to was that Rihanna had that bejeweled lighter yeah. on. Yeah. But you know where she got it? She got it from Cardinal Dolan in New York. He loaned it to Rihanna. Stop it. I am not kidding you. Cardinal Tim Dolan. He's the head of the New York Roman Catholic Archdiocese. He let her have it. Um, and, and, uh, and you know what's interesting is the stupid people in the news called it a tiara. A tiara. <laughs> and, 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 and Dolan's like watching this going, what are these people? Uh, you now, know. as a Catholic, are you a little dissatisfied that, that this thing would just be loaned out as such? No. No. You I, don't I, mind I, loaning I a... I don't have time to worry miter. about stuff like that. You know, it's like, okay. I mean, listen, you know what could happen is somebody could say, what is that? It's a miter. Who wears that? There you go. Uh, bishops. Of what? The Catholic Church. Oh, I'll Google the Catholic it's like an Church. Outreach. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, because the problem is it takes a lot of energy for me to be upset about it Rihanna does. wearing Cardinal Dolan's uh, miter. Uh, so, so I'm not really, I, it just is too much energy for me to be upset about something like that. But, uh, and, and then here's the other thing Cardinal Dolan is from St. Louis. 
Well, I, okay, because I, I knew him. That. Yep. I knew him uh, at uh, in the, uh, back in the old days. Okay, and he's he's actually from St. Louis and was an auxiliary bishop here in St. Louis, and also was a priest here in St. Louis, and was an auxiliary bishop. And in fact, they still go to mass with some of the Dolan oh, okay. family. All right, so he he so he's from St. Louis. Cardinal Dolan is um, so interesting. Yeah. Well. That's the other thing, too. I, at some point, maybe I should write a book at some point. I know people were saying that. They were like, when are you going to write a book? I had one. I had one. I was going to have a whole book on the fact that, did you know that I used to work for Cardinal Burke, right? No. In the, in the, in the St. Louis Archdiocese? You did? Yeah. I was I a spokesman for the Archbishop of St. Louis, me. <laughs> Can like you I believe learned. that? No, I can't believe that. I couldn't either. Were you barefoot like you are here when you did it? <laughs> no. I had to, you know, I was like, you know, it was 2004. I left both radio and TV to go work for Cardinal Burke. I'm not kidding you. And I was there all of nine months. And in all honesty, seven of those months was me trying to leave. <laughs> You were like, what have I done? I mean, I love the people there, but it was so weird and controversial, and everything was just kind of yeah. crazy, and I probably really wasn't necessarily fit for the job, to tell you the truth. No. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Come on. Look at me. You look great. I was I was a spokesman for the Archbishop of St. Louis. Me. It's kind of like It's kind of like imagining me... With David Hogg's 4.2 grade point average, never in a million years no. would you. I'm sure all of you, when I told you I was a 2.6 guy, you all said, Yeah, you're every bit a 2.6 <laughs> guy. You're like, that looks about I, right. I, I guarantee you that there's not one soul out there who had any doubt, kind of belief in any way, shape, <laughs> or form that I was ever close to a 4.0. You know what I mean? Oh, I know it. I've you got 2.6. Written all over my face. <laughs> Lots of absences. Well, you know, no, that's the worst part is Ooh, I actually went there. to school all the time. <laughs> I was in I was in class and I got a I still was a two point sixer. And you know, here's the other what time is it? Oh, See, God. this is we're allowed to. All right, yeah, right. We don't have anything we're not, you know, kill meat's not coming in coming no. in here now soon. No. Let's, let's eat into Kilmeade's time. Yeah, right? <laughs> so uh, here's, here's the other thing. Uh, at, at one point, and, and this is kind of weird. I, I, I'll, I'll finish up here. Just to give you a little bit of insight. So, so this is how it went in like when I was at New City Public Schools. And I really liked, I really, I really thrived there because I started the uh, City High School Drama Club. Okay. I had a girlfriend and I, we started the whole club, which still exists today. And so that was wow. my, my big accomplishment there. I'm in the City Hall of Fame. Wow. Not because of my 2.6, you. I was going to say, I mean, I didn't even I'm trying tell to them find this balance that, I didn't tell them about that. I still don't have my diploma. You know why? Because I didn't pay my library fines. <laughs> that's, that's me. Have you been lying on your job applications that you <laughs> <No>. had? A, <laughs> I, well, I, I have grant. one, but, but they never ask you, is it in your possession? They never said that. They just asked me if I had one. I do, but yeah. it's not Texas. It's not really in my possession. I think I still owe three dollars to the UCD Never High School Library. That. So anyway, I, I'm I'm uh, when I was in middle school though, that was back in the seventies, and they had this weird way of because because even though it was truly racially mixed, sure, there was this weird way, and I believe this, even though technically. 
I can't tell you that it was absolutely what they did. But they purposely uh, coddled white kids and kept them from black kids. I think. Really? I'm just telling you. So I was in this, and, and, and because, because the problem was is they wanted to have, they wanted to, they wanted to shield, uh, like, I guess, excelling white kids from black. I mean, it was, it was, it was wow. one of those. I don't know why it was, but it, that's what happened. So anyway, for whatever reason, and I think it was because I was white, because it wasn't because I was smart. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. So at Brittany Middle School, they had a thing called Team Zero. Okay. Okay. And Team Zero was a place where uh, I guess they the so-called gifted kids were supposed oh, to be. Okay. You know, and, and in Team Zero, you would basically work at your own pace, right? So Team Zero, you you would be you 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 self led, self led. Which, if you look at me and know anything about me, it's a bad idea. That's the worst possible thing you could do to me. <laughs> Is say, oh, here, here's your book, here's your math book, finish it just before the week's out, and just take your time and just do it at your own pace. So, of course, everything I did was, by the time Friday rolled around, I was basically, I waited until Friday. (laughs) If I was given five days to do something, I'd take five days to do something, which is kind of crazy because that's, I'm, I'm generally, I'm generally proficient you and are. efficient yeah. and I can't say I'm always timely whatever but but generally I'm responsible but that was the that was the worst possible thing to let me do was was work at my own pace as you're, a as a 13 year old you were in the gifted at a 2.6 yeah okay yeah <laughs> I'm, t- I'm I I I don't know something something tells me there might be something to that white privilege thing I'm just telling you. In that this is a few decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. So anyway, that was uh, that's my story. Super funny. Yeah. Well, three hostages coming home yeah. from North Korea. Thank you, Mike Pompeo. It's uh, 9:06. These guys at gas are going. All right, wrap it up. Yeah, we've got some. We've got things here. to do here. These nice guys. Well, they actually. You know what? Can we can we say that he's going to be here or not? Kechner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <They said>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say that? Yeah. Okay. So, so, so look for this uh, on <laughs> on the gaslight sessions because uh, is it David Kickner or uh, yeah? Okay, yeah. David Kickner because I interviewed him when uh, uh, on the Allman Report one time when he was in town. He's from Missouri, right? And you remember him with the cowboy hat yeah. and Anchorman? Yep. Great guy. He's Hilarious. in town to do some comedy here. I think at Helium. And he's he's going to be in the studio here where we are, cool. and they're going to do some tape with him, much along the lines of Matt had the idea with Doug Giles. So they're going to be here, and, and very so cool. We're gonna we're gonna clear out, even even though I know you just don't want me to stop talking. About I mean, myself. we could go. Here's the deal: we could go. We could do a six hour <laughs> show if we wanted. <laughs> Jamie, right, brother. thank you, brother. Yeah, man, thank you. Yeah, and by the way, folks, keep in mind we're we're got our bumper stickers printed out. Yep. Uh, we're getting it printed out, and if you have a business, or you want, if you are a business or know a business that we can drop by a stack of these bumper stickers and put them on the counter, make sure you let us know on Facebook or whatever else, or however means you want to do, uh, and and uh, do it that way. Yep, you can email us too, right? 
Oh, gosh, yeah. Radio, In, Radio Free Almond? No. Info at RadioFreeAlmond.com. Okay. Info at RadioFreeAlmond.com. So tell us what's up. And uh, once we get the bumper stickers, we already have the hats, the gear, all that kind of stuff. We'll be uh, having that available to you at the debate night on the 11th, Friday, coming up this Friday for the U.S. Senate. So check it out. Oh, should I? Let me. Let I've me got get, it. You do? Up. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. You want to bring her on? Let her rip, my Thank you so much for joining us. We love you guys. Thanks for your support. Rockin' Radio Free Alman. Oh, give me land, lots of land, and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cotton.